Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step Woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Yeah, I'm back on Twitter. Yippee! <laughs> And it's so funny though because he he said he was banned from Twitter. He was not. He got he one left. of those. <laughs> he no, just left. He, he got one of those. He got the same thing that the Babylon B got, which was it's basically like, hey, this tweet is problematic. It you're you're doing because he he was going after uh, Elliot Page, and he's like, you know, like misgendering and all that. And it's against it's a violation of terms of service at the time. All he had to do was hit delete the delete button, and it would delete the tweet. His account's reinstated immediately. Babylon B, same thing. When they were like, I'm being banned. And it's like, no, you're not. It's it's because the talking point of being banned is more interesting than the talking point. That was the talking point. Always be grifting, Gatto. Always be grifting. A, B, G. He's literally walking to like the cliff saying, they're going to throw me off. And like, no one's going to throw you off the cliff. They're throwing me off the cliff! <laughs> As he throws himself off the cliff. God, he's such a did, did Elon dude. Musk make Joe Rogan like the uh, the webmaster? He like, gave of, him... Oh. Well, Joe Rogan was already pretty popular at this point. Like, like, remember when he went on his show and he fucking smoked weed with Joe Rogan and then Tesla stock like fucking plummeted the next <laughs> day? <laughs> so cool. Such a cool move. Oh, he's so fucking stupid, man. He keeps tweeting out, like, engagement in Twitter is at an all-time high. And I'm like, I, okay, what does that do for you? Like, advertisers are not there. He, so. he thinks that's going to save. Yeah, well, that's what he thinks that's going to save, like, no, but his they've... ad reps and his ad revenue. That's the thing, though, is that there's no money coming into – or there's not the same amount of money that was coming to Twitter than there was, like, a month ago. Like – there's a number of major sponsors that have left and they've had to cancel that Twitter blue thing. So I will say, I will say revenue will be up because costs will be down now that they don't have like 3000 of their employees. Yeah. But like Twitter was already not making money. Like it's just, it's not an end. It's people have to remember, this is like a public utility essentially at this point. It's not something that's going to make money. So even with the advertisers not being scared off, they weren't making money. Now, like, oh, yeah, guess what? Tesla just – I think Tesla bought advertisement. SpaceX bought <sighs> SpaceX had to. SpaceX. <laughs> He's fucking just funneling money from one area to the next. This is the big difference between Musk and, like, Bezos is that I think Bezos is somewhat liquid and, like – could like you know he Bezos like he's would not never open his mouth and make a stupid deal like this that's, right that's the reality I, i'm telling you man i think musk is like always this close on the brink of like bankruptcy at this point and like being like not like 
homeless, but like you know what I mean, like not Dude, the second second or most richest man in the world. He was also in court this week over a fifty. It was a fifty billion dollar legal case. Oh, is this the Dogecoin thing? Yeah, like he's been he's been back and forth with court. He's been dealing with a lot of SEC stuff, and um, it's. It's kind of like how how do people think he's gonna like write the ship when his life is crumbling at the same time? So before we get into this episode, how about we set the ground rules of some of the things we want to talk about for all those poor people who are Tom, listening? It sounds like you're trying Welcome. to cancel me, and like I'm not gonna allow that. You're you're no 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 you. no you're one's trying to cancel. You. I just want to set the agenda. I just that's all. You know <laughs> you're, you're, you're more than me. You know I'm gonna let it. you. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have your moment. That's it. Guess what, guys? For, for everyone else who's as clueless as I am, I think Tom and Q were just doing a bit. We're just riffing, and, and it's gonna it's gonna land for some people. Yeah. Anthony, I need you to see the future. Comedy's back, baby. Guess what? Elon Musk just bought Boom. our podcast, and guess what? Trump's been reinstated. He's coming on. Right no, now. he decided he doesn't want to. <laughs> He's gonna he call decided him. he didn't want to. Guys, follow our true social account. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. Imagine that the whole time. He's like, yeah, sure. And it's just like, if you really want to hear what I think, go to Truth Social. I, yeah, no, honestly, I was going to I was gonna do a Babe Ruth call my shot and yeah. say that he's going to tweet once in like the next maybe two weeks. He'll probably come back in a certain capacity. But like, he's only going to tweet one thing. Follow me on Truth Social. And that's like all he's going to do. If he is able to like figure out how to screenshot on his phone, what he'll do is just take a screenshot of one of his truths and just like add it as a picture into his tweet. And that's all it's going to be. I, I'm waiting for him to have like he's he's just going to show up out of the blue in like a month from now. And he's going to be like, uh, stay tuned to find out what Kofifi really meant. Yeah. <laughs> Tune into my YouTube channel for more. Guys, follow me on Twitch at Real Donald Trump. <laughs> While he plays FIFA 24. <laughs> no. Well, he's yeah. actually he's starting he's talking new... 13 year olds like, no, no, that was an illegal kick. You knew it. That was outside. So that. Everyone knows it. He's he's starting his own kink website called Only Dons. And uh... <laughs> it's going to be the corpse whatever... of Don Amici in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's Only Dons is where the OnlyFans girls just post their fucking like receipts and stuff like of all the money that they made. And he goes, oh, yeah. All that money. I love it. A lot of people saying it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But I, I think what would be good for this episode of the show, welcome for all of our listeners, and I hope you are poorer than you were last week because you've all spent your money on fucking cryptocurrency like idiots. Um, I wonder if we can talk about the true fumbling of the bag for a number of stakeholders in the internet world right now. Elon being number one, obviously, but then also how the cryptocurrency market has effectively imploded because of FTX and all their bullshit that has happened as well. We've and is that coming? Yeah, shocker of a, a currency that's not actually like based on anything, no longer having any value. My like it's just amazing. They wanted something that is completely deregulated, and then they got it, and they're like. Wait a minute! You're telling me there's no regulation but on this? We need money now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> You know, it's you, my crypto, and I need it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you have money on FTX, stay in line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's such it's such a fucking ridiculous fucking thing, man. Like I I I I bought a little bit of crypto like a long time ago, and I was like, this is fucking dumb. So I just basically like took a tiny loss on it and just sold it. And I was like, all right, this is stupid. I'm not ever doing this again. And feel feeling vindicated. Yeah, I mean, it's the more that comes out about um, Sam Bankman-Fried and the whole operation that was at um, FDX is wild like they just stole money from people and that's the thing it's it's kind of interesting you know this is something i think uh we have to come and reckon reckon terms with is that like um not everybody that's in like a technology space or runs a technology company is like a genius or like gifted with intelligence to be completely honest crypto like cryptocurrency is essentially two 50 year old technologies that got mashed together right you know it's not Mm -hmm. anything that was new or that remarkable it was just that there was a new usage of these existing technologies and i think like we give these people like a lot of credit and call them like these great things and they're they're not even close to that and they can't run a business for the fucking life of them and we give them way too much of a fucking runway from the get-go and you can just see it it's not just look it's not just the cryptocurrency like economy that's that's folding right now like the entire tech industry is on fire right now with valuations stock prices um it's happening across the board because we've reached a point where all that innovation and all that disruption like we have our winners of you know the capitalist game and we we've now been seeing this for over 20 years so it's just it's a regular cup of coffee now it's nothing special and now it's not important anymore we need new innovation Gato do you think it's a more of a market correction or do you think it's just that there are more um there are more there are, there are just better places that are better at it than others i would say all all things are market corrections in some sense um yeah. there's no there's nothing new like there's not real innovation going on anywhere that i can really see like i think that's why you saw guys like bezos and musk trying to go to space because they're like we've done what we can here with this space where can we go that's innovative and new and we can enhance or grow things and right now we're just in a technological drought we haven't we're we're, like a lot of people are probably putting all their chips in on like quantum computing being the next big thing but we're not there yet with that either machine learning's gotten pretty good but i don't think it's gonna like it's not gonna have like a sharp like incline and innovation anytime soon it's just gonna constantly grow like like traditional there, there's nothing as, there's nothing right? revolutionary coming essentially and no and i think you know like uh, right now we have a lot of tech leaders that will try to sell you on that because that's what the market believes but the market is essentially always irrational it believes and therefore that perception creates value wherever it is on whatever it is right mm-hmm. like fucking you know staples like wheat 
nothing's changed with that and it's it's something that fucking grows out of the ground anywhere but we still associate a value with it right corn prices you know are I mean? going nuts yeah exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> and and even even when we rationalize it it's still irrational because like at the end of the day like it's it's something that we've given it a structure for right it's still some sort of a gamble and technology is just hitting that point where now it's become it's gone from being a disruptor to just another staple it's you know google is pepsi or coca-cola right you know what i mean like pretty much the same thing it's just different flavors pretty much yeah at this point we're we've tapped that resource in a weird way and it's still growing. It's not changing, but I think in a lot of circumstances, though, there are effectively like multiple companies doing the exact same thing, yeah. but they're all trying to leverage what like this little bitty piece of uniqueness and and do it that way. Like, how many um, different apps for someone to deliver your groceries are there? There's probably three or four at this point. Like you only really need like a handful, but yeah, I mean, ultimately you go into all these like cryptocurrency um, like exchanges and these like crypto banks and things like that. Ultimately, like a lot of their stuff is not innovative. It's just reskinned to look like something different. And if you look at, Something that was innovative, but in a negative stance. I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary on um, Robin Hood and GameStop on um, Netflix called Eat the Rich. But Robin Hood was actually not a really good documentary. Yeah, it's my pick of the week. Um, good Robin, Robin Hood was spoiler. God damn it. <laughs> listen to the end to hear my thoughts. Um, <laughs> Robin Hood was not designed to make your life easier to trade and sell stocks and buy stocks. It was designed like every other social media platform to keep you on there as long as humanly possible and keep you actively using it as much as possible. Like again, in the same way that Facebook and Twitter and Instagram give you that dopamine hit was Robin hood. And ultimately we need to look at a lot of these other programs in a similar fashion. Like, are they doing what they're supposed to, or they have ulterior motives to them, which is ultimately the longer you stay on there, the more money they make. And you have to think cryptocurrency is we've all said it already, but it's a fucking Ponzi scheme in the sense that the more that you buy, the more valuable it gets. However, it's different than a share of a company where you can actually know like what's being made there. Cryptocurrency is just like, I'm filling up this cup and this cup is going to sit here and then you're going to fill this cup up and it will be a full cup of water. Turns out it's actually just a cup filled with piss. At this and <laughs> there's no, there's because, there, right, because you're talking about like functional use, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no functional use for Bitcoin unless you're like processing a payment, right? But like how many places at this point take Bitcoin? Not many, if any. Like there are some like other countries that have kind of leaned into it heavily. Miami but, tried to, remember? Eric Adams took his first check as a mayor in Bitcoin. How are all of those athletes who accepted like their contracts in Bitcoin? Fucking silent as a fucking mouth. Like Saquon Ooh. Barkley. Saquon Barkley, who I, I love, he was 
like really big into crypto and I haven't heard a fucking peep out of any of these guys in a long time. So yeah, there's, I, there's no, there's no use to this, any, any of this stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, I feel bad for people who did see this up op- as an opportunity to invest because let's face it, there's not many good opportunities um, for people to invest in anymore. There's nothing that really gives you good return, the steady dry. return. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like you can't open like a savings account and expect anything. A CD doesn't do shit. Bonds are worth. <laughs> Unless nothing. you want 0.003 percent interest or some shit. Like yeah, like a hundred dollars for a hundred thousand dollars in a savings account is nothing. Like what's what's the point of this now? Yeah, I want to um, I want to touch on like there's an interesting comparison between cryptocurrency and like a s- certificate of deposit because effectively they're doing the same thing, right? Where like the purpose of cryptocurrency is you to buy it and hold it. Hold it. Yeah. What well, you just to hang on to it. Yep. But the difference with a CD is that if the cryptocurrency market fucking collapses, I can still go to the bank and say, like, hey, can I have my hundred dollar CD? And like, yeah, sure. Here you go. It's insured. Here's- yeah. <laughs> It's insured. Yeah, you lose your money with crypto and you're fucked. Like I it, it yeah, I mean like the the idea of crypto in general was that it was supposed to replace our current monetary system, right? But like but why? the reason got but got why? Well, again, like, I felt like an idiot for a long time. I'm like, am I the dumb one who just doesn't understand this? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like NFTs None of it made sense to me ever. And I'm like, maybe I'm just fucking stupid. And like, you know, that's fine. But I mean, like, no, but like you got, you grasped that there's an inherent flaw with cryptocurrency. And that's that society only created money right. as a means for transactions. Right. And when the only reason why someone's using that currency is for the transaction like that, like it's to create value through the transaction you already have a problem because it's not it's not a useful currency if it's not widely accepted right society 100 percent, and that's so like you had too many factors against it and then the problem the problem with someone someone pointed out to me a little bit ago that like that technology is not a it's not a tool it's an instrument Mm -hmm. and you need to know how to use that technology much like you need to learn how to use an instrument to actually make um if it was like a violin right like to make beautiful music with a violin you need to learn how to use it and that's the thing is people were getting into this market without really knowing or understanding yeah and, and good... you need to know technology and economy you needed to know both of these things yeah a good example i think an uh what you were saying, Gatto, about like a currency is only as good as how widely accepted it is. And remember the pick of the week a couple months ago was that book about the creation of money and how it was used. The reason why people moved away from like gold and silver is because that shit's heavy and it's heavy to carry around. And ultimately carry on a block and shave it off as like, here, here, hold on. Let me shave off a little piece of gold for you. You know, as badass as it is carrying them bricks around, like it can be dangerous because people can steal your shit, but also it's really fucking heavy. And what you're saying, Gatto, about like it being widely accepted, 
the U.S. government again sets the sets the value of one dollar versus crypto. Nobody does, and you can get away with a fiat currency because, regardless of whether the piece of paper the dollar is printed on is actually worth one full dollar, we all accept it as that. Mm-hmm. But you have it's all just bullshit too. <laughs> well, it's really a fiat. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean it. It's supposed to be like you can go and return this for like hard currency somewhere else. But at the same time, like we're all just cool with this hundred dollar bill being printed on this two cent paper. Would would it make sense to say in some analogies that like Bitcoin was the like the the book, the, the book dictionary version of communism, right? Like it was essentially this grand idea. But it doesn't actually work out in real life. You know what I mean? It doesn't doesn't have reality bearings in its conception. When right? you guys were kids, did you? It's not just, very like, comrade of you, Gato. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm it's, sorry. It's not I, very... I forgot that this is the socialist podcast <laughs> for socialists. You fucking it's list. not very for the people, Gato. I'm telling this to people for them, though. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for the people. That's right. Um, did you guys ever like create your own money when you were kids? No. Like you never just like cut out like strips like rectangles of piece of paper and just like made like one dollar bills. Tom, no. we're not all like child accountants like you. So. Yeah. Like me and Q did what all other kids from the William Floyd school district did, and that's was Drugs. we 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 sold c- loose cigarettes to each other as currency. <laughs> warheads, yeah. warheads, and cigarettes, pretty much. Yeah. Well, in that case, what was the least valuable warhead out there? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Uh, the blue raz and the black cherry were definitely like the gold tier, top tier. Yeah, yeah, top were- tier. I think like the watermelon kind of was like eh, okay, yeah. You know, lemon. I always lemon. liked the lemon ones, but like I did know, too. Basic. Wait, yeah. wait, was there a green? Was green apple? Sour green apple. Was... Yeah. Mm. See, Tom's not my, not my flavor. Guy. Yeah, not my type. I, See, I was yeah. always black cherry. I like yeah. black cherry. Oh, yeah, yeah, but when when you know you get like you buy a bag of Warheads and there's like four or five black cherries in there. You could exchange them for maybe ten lemons, Ooh. but you got diamond hands, kid. You're hanging on. <laughs> Imagine like you, you go to like an alternate universe and like warheads are just like the universal currency. You just fucking like pay for a state dinner with a fucking black chair. That's oh, amazing. Man, he gave us a fucking slammer pog. Let me write a melt a, a metaverse movie, fucking Marvel. Come on. That Hand actually me the fucking reigns. That sounds like the currency in the shit eyes universe because you know Marvel is too scared to push boundaries at this point. They're all franchised out right now. But shit eyes in their universe, it's whatever candy we want it to be. It could be fucking bars of Snickers that you got for Halloween. The full bars of Snickers. What's the worst? Like I feel like he would eat the worst candy and be like, no, it's the best. Like butterscotch. <laughs> just stuck to your teeth. You're you know, those, you're like a what, dog what the entire those, uh, time with peanut butter, like the ones that look like strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the universal grandmother ca- like candy. Oh, like, oh I God. fucking hate. What are those things called? Those like little like caramel pieces. Um, were they butterworts? Were they, no. Mr. 
Yeah, Butterworths. Oh God, I hated that shit no, no, no. so much. No, was it Butterworths? What, what was that thing? I know what you're no, talking about. No, Butterworth Butterworth oh, Butterworth is the uh the maple syrup. I think Werther's is Werther's, Werther's that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. But they but was, they were butterscotch and they taste like piss. If you got if you gave me that when I went trick-or-treating when I was a kid, you were getting fucking TP'd. Like I'll tell you what immediately. Like, if you're getting you, what? TP'd. Oh, okay. Getting not not DP. <laughs> I was like, dude. Ma'am, do you want me to come like, in and clean your pipes for you? She's like, you're 10 years old. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> Get better candy next time. I'll tell you what. If you break one of those like butterscotch candies in your mouth, it's basically like being prison shanked. Oh. That shit was so like sharp and dangerous. It's just nasty. Ugh. But yeah, I would wager that Elon Musk in his office, which basically looks like a 10-year-old's room, and there's just like <laughs> like hard socks all over the floor. I bet I am willing to put all of my cryptocurrency money on the table right now mm. and say that he has a bowl of unwrapped Tootsie Rolls. That and the – you know, the, what were those uh, – the fucking – like – the life, the creamy lifesavers, the strawberry, oh. and like, yeah, like he's got those, and they're all loose, and they're all like congealed together now. And he's like, and he turned off the air conditioning because like, he's trying to save money, so the room is humid, and all that candy <laughs> is just sweating. And he makes you, he makes you <laughs> eat one out. as you sit down. It falls out onto the floor, rolls around, it's got like hairs, and <laughs> things stuck in it. <laughs> Put it in your mouth. If you're if you're really hardcore Twitter, you'd eat one right now. <laughs> and that's how gobstoppers are made. <laughs> Everybody had to go into his office for that 1 a.m. meeting, and he like impressed one of those like lifesaver chewies into their mouth and was like, now swallow it. Speaking of, did you guys see the picture from uh like they took of the people that stayed in Twitter? Yeah, you gotta love hostage videos. It uh, it is the biggest. Like, listen, I'm not judging anyone. It is the biggest group of fucking nerds I've ever seen in my life. Like, they somebody definitely... was somebody was saying on the internet that it's probably all people who are in the United States on visas, and if they quit, they get they get deported. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably it. I, well, I mean, I'm sure there are like-minded. Like, listen, anywhere you go, there are going to be like-minded people. Yeah, like, there's going to you know, be people that are pilled. And I'm sure like, there were people who were pilled working there, even when they, you know, banned Trump and all that. And then whether or not you disagree with it, you got stock options, so you can't leave. You know, you can't do anything about it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I'm sure, I'm sure there are like-minded people there. But like, he, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous, man. He he keeps throwing shit against the wall, hoping like. He literally reinstated Trump because a fucking poll. He placed a he placed a poll on his account. Number one, the entirety of your account are right wingers, pretty much. Like no, like most people I haven't muted because he's like of his of his craziness. So like he like just reinstate him. Like what what are you what are you doing theatrics for? It's fucking it's ridiculous. Just to get you talking about it. That's really so. it. That's that really it. Must be it. There was another somebody um, posted something on Twitter that basically said that there's a program that you can run that shows you all the bots to follow particular accounts. And his was like 41 percent of his account is just bots. 
and like reposters and shit like yeah. that. As the guy who bought Twitter for $44 billion to basically run fucking Norton antivirus on his Twitter profile. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just all bullshit. You know what the, the real thing is, is he saw all of his sponsors leave and he's looking for an avenue to generate capital right now. And he thinks right now, if I'm able to bring all of these people back onto Twitter who got banned, they might be able to bring their followers back on Twitter and we're going to be able to sell some shit. So don't be surprised if you see fucking Ben Shapiro bug out bags or Dave Rubin, like doomsday prepper, like <laughs> Alex Jones and his perennial wipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the bone broth shit will be back on there. It'll be no, he's fucking... no, he said no, Alex Jones is not coming back. Somebody yeah, but... said, somebody said, do Alex Jones next, and he said no, definitively no. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. It's, I thought he's a free speech guy, right? Like, ultimately, I don't want Alex Jones back on Twitter, but at the end of the day, if you want to stay consistent with your message, then you should. The take is Alex Jones has probably said he drinks you know, his own bone broth of babies over the years. And did that's see, probably what it is. <laughs> did you see Trump's post about fucking Elon Musk a while back where he said, like, I could have told him to get on his knees and he would have done it. Yep. So, I mean, like, I, yep. Musk can't be the biggest Trump fan either or, like, you know. No, but he's desperate right now. And True. that's that's ultimately it. He thinks that Trump is going to bring – his brand of sponsorship and endorsement money back. It's no going to be fucking my pillow. It's going to be Ben Shapiro holding like a fucking Mike Lindell here, here, guys. We're taking Snake. back the White House in 2024. Snake. Donald Trump Twitter, has just again. announced that I will be chief of staff. <laughs> Kanye West just tweeted, by the way, guys. Uh, so we're back. Wow. One word. Anybody want to guess what it is before looking up? I Is it three letters? Four letters? No. no. Okay. Then is it we'll, we'll, we'll smiley face afterwards, guys. <laughs> is there a word? Is it a word that is it's Yiddish? Um, oh boy. He's just <laughs> loving this. At this point, I mean Shalom, we, guys. We've Oh, okay. With a little, little smiley face. He's just trolling Jewish people again. Yep. Yep, this is the this is it, guys. It's so weird how he's internalized some sort of anger and hatred to like um, to this one specific group of people so he, much. He got cucked by Pete Davidson, and it just broke his brain. Nah, there's no other way I can think of it at this point because he must think that Pete Davidson's Jewish. Like I, I have to think that that's it. Just just goes to show you, personality is the greatest weapon out there. <laughs> well, I, he's all, he's also been surrounded by yes men his entire life who just like egg on his worst impulses. So it's yeah. like you got Candace Jones out there like pushing him to say all this shit, and then when his sponsorship money goes away, she gets all jammed up. The people are canceling him, and it's like, lady, you fucked up, and you told him to talk as much as possible, and. You are the one who fumbled the bag, and ultimately, all these yes men are too. But it's like know. shoveling the coal into the into the train to to get it to crash. Go right over right the fucking the cliff. cliff. Yeah. 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 yeah, Candace Owens has the easiest job ever. She just spouts it like like white supremacist fucking rhetoric, and like that's it. <laughs> like that's all she has to do. It's the easiest job ever. 
yeah, she's dumb. Um, but I mean, Kanye is just such a weird goddamn dude. And I know we've already talked about this, but I would imagine that he finally, like, his brain melted after, like, the 30th hot pocket that he was eating in his apartment after Kim K broke up with him. And he was just reading, like, the National Enquirer. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to say some shit. I just, I just so love the weird. Char- Charlemagne. I, I think we talked about this before, but the Charlemagne video of him saying, like, Kanye was calling him, saying, like, I'm getting my wife's fucking a white guy with a 10 inch dick, and you're not gonna help me. <laughs> nah, dog. <laughs> he's like, he's like, because like him and Pete Davidson have been friends for like decades. So he's like, I know, like, I was Pete only give friend. her half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're going too deep, man. You're, you're driving just, him nuts. <laughs> shallow game, shallow game. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, Pete, dead slow, dead slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just so funny. We 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 live in hell world, guys. And like, we were talking about Bezos before, like going to the moon. And I think it's just because like they know like climate change is worse than they're telling us, and they just like we got to get out of here before it's over. We're 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 arguing about Trump on Twitter when like at the end of the day we're all probably doomed anyway. Did you see that um, that Bezos said he was going to give up like half of his fortune and give it to fight climate more than, change? More than half. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Bu- I don't buy that. For a second. <laughs> Bill Maher actually had a funny one on this one. He he said, "What's he going to get married and divorced again?" <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I just want to point out. Um, I, it's very nice that Bezos is is going to you know yeah. uh, give yeah, up yeah. half his fortune to uh, uh, announce climate change. I've just announced that I've changed my name to climate change. <laughs> I too have changed my name <laughs> to climate change. But he doesn't this, have to give me half. The hottest just... names of 2023 will be climate change. <laughs> <laughs> the hottest just... year on record with the hottest names. There we go. <laughs> How much money would it take for you guys to sell out? How much do you think it would be? $37. <laughs> That's very specific. Sometimes you just got to be wooed. Tom, did you see like a like a like a year supply of Charleston shoes on fucking Amazon for $37 and that's why you want this? A lifetime Charles- supply of Werther. Werther. <laughs> <laughs> I am just trying to save enough money so I can get half a year supply of my Twitter blue. <laughs> it's coming back. That will get you liquid. I, 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 I I read though that like even if he even by the like loftiest of projections, even if he gets like a lot of people to sign up for Twitter Blue, it's not going to be anywhere close. It's to only it. like sixty two million dollars a year or something like that. Because if you got to look at all of the, if you look at right now or like I guess a month ago, all of the verified accounts on Twitter, and if you were to charge them all eight dollars a month, it would only come out to like sixty million. It- you know, it really reaches to a greater need of the internet to say that we need these verified accounts. And I feel like everyone's missing the mark of just there should be a company out there that's just literally doing this as a service for all platforms. And everyone just pays into that to authenticate themselves on the internet. Because I would pay for that if people, so that people knew it was always me talking. You know what I mean? Like, so it could be any situation. I totally see where there's like a need for authentication across all levels, not just big or corporate or promotional, but like 
you guys aren't bought into that. You just like to be anonymous trolls online, you filthy animals. Are you asking me, do we need to have another, like, service company, like, verify accounts? Is that what I mean, you're asking? You would get verified through them for your accounts, and then there would be a way to verify that on your social accounts. Gato, did you just go through this whole thing about tech companies that make bullshit? <laughs> Yeah, but I think there's a need on the internet for it. If if there's ever been something, I think one of the reasons why trolls feel the need to be as audacious as they are is because they're protected by anonymity. But if someone's a fake and they're talking and you can tell that they're a fake on there, you're not going to give them any credence. And so you take away some power from them. I think I mean, it would be a good thing for the internet. I've always thought and and non-anonymous internet you know, would actually be good. I know it breaks the brains of people who are big privacy enthusiasts because they're worried about their, you know, like search histories. But I'm <laughs> I'm fine if if Twitter if 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 Twitter wanted to make sure if they wanted to verify accounts that way, like they have every right to do that. And um, I'm not against it because they're a private company. When it comes to like, if you're talking about actual like your like overall like footprint on the internet i don't know but like because like yeah you are like allowed to have a, a certain like monochrome of privacy but like yeah i mean at the end of the day but like but this the, the twitter blue thing never made fucking sense like everyone's gonna be verified and it's like well ver pay, verified payments well but like what does that mean well like not only that, but like what the the outcome of a poorly made fast market decision, like we're talking about, he's probably going to get sued by uh, what was that brand? Um, what was that drug company? Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly is probably going to sue Dude, Twitter tank. for billions of dollars. Because I hope I hope this ends up being one of those things that people are like, yeah, why isn't insulin free? Yeah, that would be a great question for them to fucking answer. I'm pretty sure the guy who created insulin, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he say, I'm releasing the trademark for this so anybody could use it? I think that was uh, penicillin. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> Bluey Pester. Well, fuck me then. <laughs> um, no, I, but like, but, but it's, it's a legitimate point though that like, why are, why is penicillin, fucking penicillin. Why? Why, why is insulin? insulin so expensive here and so cheap everywhere else? It doesn't cost that much to manufacture. Like how how has this not been a thing that bipartisan like people are like, hey, guess what, Eli Lilly, we're capping you at this fucking amount from now on. I mean, I could tell you why. It no, I no, I know. <laughs> like, doesn't take a fucking scientist there's, to figure that one out, but there's an entire party that just got their ass kicked in the midterms <laughs> that won't let it happen. But oh god! But don't worry, we're getting a Hunter Biden two-year-long investigation instead of the things that actually created inflation. The Democrats are fucked, though. I and I, I never thought I would say this, but with Nancy Pelosi stepping down, it's going to create a serious power vacuum, and it looks like it's going to be Hakeem Jeffries. And that's fucking worse. That I is think it's so much fucking worse. I think it's right time, except, well, not necessarily. I actually would say right now, after what happened to her her husband, I wouldn't say it was the right time. I would have waited a couple more 
weeks or something. So that news kind of dies down the back of people's heads. And I wouldn't have like right off the bat said when people start trying to harm me and my loved ones, that's the cue because well, now she, people are going to be like, Oh, so wait, that worked. Oh, oh no, no. Effective. Well, she, she's still going to be a, uh, she's still going to be in Congress. She just won't be part of the leadership anymore. Um, but like, but I do agree with you on that, though. That yeah, maybe probably should have gave it another two years. I, I it's it's just a it's a it's a correction, right? Like she, they lost the house ultimately, lost big gains in twenty twenty, and it's and it's on her at the end of the day. But it, like I will give Nancy Pelosi credit that she at least understood how to govern between the hardliners and like the corporate people, and then the squad. She never overtly like shame the progressives and all that from having their stances and like usually kind of just let them be themselves. Hakeem Jeffries, if he ends up becoming the the minority leader for the Democrats, like we are going to go full neoliberal and it's going to get real bad. And uh, any progressives mm -hmm. that even try to advance the leadership positions, he's going to squash them immediately. So I'm I'm not feeling hopeful, but but the, on the on the on the plus side, Jim Jordan is probably going to be the, the majority leader. So it's can we be have an amendment circus. that you have to wear a fucking jacket if you're the House Speaker? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like you know what, jackets get in the way of wrestling. Oh boy, I am a little bit not as um, pessimistic as you are, Q, because I think. Pelosi has stepped down from a leadership position. Steny Hoyer is going to do the same. I think they're all starting to see like the reason why the Democrats were able to hold the seats that they have is because of this young, <clears throat> this young generation of voters. And they're, they're going to be the ones that they need to placate moving forward because you lose the young people, you're going to lose elections. And it was normally like you lose the old people, you're going to lose elections. Well, all the old people are sucked into Tucker Carlson right now. So I don't know what to tell you. But, I, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying about Hakeem Jeffries. I think that most politicians are – their opinions and their perspectives can change as long as they're getting votes. I agree with you, Tom. It's – there's – like change there's a there's a wind of change it's a sign of the times nancy do you, doing this was do very you well trust tasted the democrats though do you trust the democrats you though? don't trust the democrats no, i don't, I don't trust any politicians see <laughs> i'm i'm not even just talking about politicians i'm talking about like overall messaging of the party oh i i actually do think it's going to be a, a positive because uh, you know like look you can get away now with running someone like biden maybe again depending on who the candidates are on the other side. Um, if you know that there's young leadership forming um, in Congress and stuff, right? Because you know that this is a new direction and he's just heralding in the next, you know, the next generation. And it becomes a good image in that sense, right? Like, I'm, I'm going to be passing the reins over. I'm done after these four years for a fact, right? Yeah, I would also be more concerned... <clears throat> If the party on the other side of the aisle was organized and had their shit together, because you got Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan effectively fighting with Kevin McCarthy and the established Republican leadership on who should be running the party moving forward. And 
I think McCarthy is going to have a really hard time trying to say like we're governing and we're also going to investigate Hunter Biden. And you saw in that press conference where they're like, we're going to announce all these investigations into Hunter Biden. And people are like, well, what are you actually doing for all the things that you ran on, like inflation and shit like that? And then some FUD came out. It was like, we're, we're trying to keep this conversation on Hunter Biden. Thank you so much. And it's like <laughs> nobody cares about that in the same way that you all didn't care that fucking what's his name? Uh, Jared Kushner got two billion dollars from a Saudi like think tank to start a hedge fund and no one's like hey that's a little problematic maybe somebody should look into that like project projections a hell of a drug oh but, a thousand percent but well this, well this is my thing though so i i am actually like th there was a new york i don't remember his name or the district he ran in new york but he's a republican who flipped a house a, a democratic uh district in new york can't remember his name but he was interviewing he was interviewing on Fox News and they said, like, so, you know, there's like I've been calls for Hunter Biden to be investigated. And he goes, I don't he's like, we're, we're not doing as well as we should. And he's like, I don't want I'm not I'm not concerning myself with any of that. He's like, I want to focus on policy. So there does seem to be a shift and change with certain Republicans, at least that they realize that they got trounced and they don't want. And I find it interesting, by the way, that like like Trump called for Rick Scott pretty much to replace McConnell and it didn't really get much wind. It got a couple votes. I think it got like 10 votes, but like not real McConnell hung on pretty easily. I, I think all those, the, like, I think that Hunter Biden investigation thing <clears throat> is like still just part of the like old trope that didn't get them wins. You know what I mean? Like the Hillary Clinton shit. Yeah. They're, they're all equating it like the, the Benghazi surveys. Yeah, like no one care. Like no one cares about that anymore. Like you got to move on, find some new fresh shit. Like we're tired of hearing their same old trope. Like and and so I I don't know if we'll segue into this topic, but like you're even seeing it now in the down in the comments section on other things like that. That you know that typical. Um, well, isn't that funny how this happened and then there was that all of those old like you know cliched like you know um almost like dog whistle expressions that you're seeing they're now getting like people are calling them out on the nose and they're they're like no fuck off it's we don't want to hear it we don't want to pass we're not going to take take our time out of this you know yeah. like it, it i think republicans are starting to realize they're losing the culture war and because they lost for, the culture war. Well, yeah, and and Trump. Very interesting that Trump kind of leaned into the like the women. We're gonna have women playing women's sports. Is that all right, everybody? Is that okay? And like I'm like, I'm like, man, you're you're leaning into like the Shapiro stuff that like failed miserably. Like clearly, people are like, hey, I'm having trouble paying for groceries, and you're talking about like, I don't know, one percent of the population that's trans and like less than that that are children and want to play like the sport that they're like like on the team that they're you know they're uh they're assigned to like i mean it, it's just stupid like you're talking about maybe uh 10 people in the entire country you're you're focusing on issues that are and also it's like cruel like so it's like you're also being cruel. like people in the suburbs don't like that shit and trump is like i'm gonna lean right into that shit that's but I the, did the only direction they have to go, though, is right. like harder and writer 
than before because they have to like sell out for the big play inherently in all of their in all of their structures and all of their like rhetoric there is something about having to maintain a certain level of strength and any type of going back or moderating yeah, your view mm-hmm. makes you look weak and weakness is too much is is the kill for them it's the kill shot looking well, weak in any way looking like a loser in any way ends you in that's in that stratosphere I wanted to bring up an example, though, because Shapiro, um, I was listening to a Shapiro thing the other day. You poor soul. I know. I, 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 I want to know. This is how I, you spend your time. You could be doing so much more with your time. <laughs> no, it was just I, I saw the video online. And I, I wanted to watch it because, again, I, you could I like be to, doing so much. More. <laughs> I, I like to know. I like to know where they are. And it, I found it interesting because they did a four vote in the Senate on gay marriage, right? So basically like the idea of codifying it, which by the way is merely kind of procedural because at the end of the day, if they do and the Supreme court decides like we're going to abolish it, um, they could just do another simple vote to overturn it. Right. So it is, it is kind of procedural, but it's to get people on record. I find it funny, though, because Shapiro, you know, is an Orthodox Jewish person. So he obviously but it's funny is like, I don't think even like the Jewish religion has anything against gay marriage, but he he does like boldly. What I find funny, though, is that like the Republicans are usually good at like understanding tea leaves and like like, oh, yeah, we're not really winning this culture war. He's leaning heavily into the idea that like it's a man and a woman. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I'm surprised that he didn't turn it into which is the classic Republican deflective. Like they're just take they're wasting time with this. It's law of the land. They're wasting time. We should be worrying about inflation. They're not leaning. Most of the talking heads are not leaning into economic stuff. They're still leaning into culture war shit. So I, I I'm I'll be surprised to see where the actual party goes. I, I think again, two two things strike me of one. You no longer look at the general demographic. You look at the demographic of people who are your fans and followers. And then two, you also pay attention to who donates the most to you. Because at the end of the day, that's what really matters is getting those contributions. That $15 donation is all you wish for. Yeah. You know, and you're going to cater to whoever's going to hand you that donation all day and say their talking points it's also what happens when you don't have like political actors having this conversation you have personalities doing it now like dave dave rubin a a failed comedian or michael knowles a failed actor or um what's his face ben shapiro a failed screenwriter none of these people have actually political acumen they just like to sound off and they do all have one thing in common bone failed Failed. <laughs> Failed. 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 But if you if you want to listen to policy conversations, like listen to NPR, but they know that that shit's not going to sell. Like if you have an honest conversation about where inflation starts and where it is now, a lot of it's going to come back to price gouging and companies taking advantage of workers, but they can't because they're like, like, capital C capitalists and they can't envision a world where, you know, a a company does anything wrong. So they have to just shift the blame to something that's going to get people emotionally riled up. And 
frankly, I'm I would put kind of Elon Musk in the same boat now too, where he actually doesn't have any substance to what he says. He just can now just post something on Twitter and say something stupid and he's just there to watch the comments because he's so far detached from anything, even though I agree with you, Q, I think his money is bullshit and total bullshit. Smoke and mirrors. They're all just waiting for fucking John Galt to show up and be like, Hey, let's go to capitalism town. Don't you want to go? And they're all (laughs) going to just disappear off the face of the fucking earth. And they're all going to be just like earth people. They're going to live in the core of the earth and turn into the zombie monsters that alex jones warned us about alex jones is a prophet by the way he he called he called a lot of this he, he understand he understands the game better than anybody he just went too far yeah um i i have a question for you guys <laughs> yeah i just shared a, a <laughs> i just shared a meme of elon musk just shared on his twitter account apparently trump is like he thinks trump's like can't wait till he uses Twitter account. Like Trump has a lot of money invested in True Social. I I just don't see it at this point. But other than that, I have I have a question for you guys. There have been a lot of people lately who have been adamantly calling a lot of Donald. people. <laughs> a lot of people. They're always telling me, like Donnie, you're the best. You're the greatest. No one better than you. Ron DeSantis. Ron Sanctimonious. Um. Ronnie bitch bags. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, I had a question. So there have been a lot of people who have been going out and pretty much telling Trump either to not run or like step aside. How long do you think that lasts? And do you think that Trump is the ultimate the nominee? He goes the whole way. Because the longer he goes, the longer they postpone any actual steps in an investigation towards him. Yeah. But it, he he announced early, yep. like really early. So it like you leave yourself open to a lot. Like, what are they gonna do? Demand what are they gonna find? Returns? No, no, no. Not that. What are they gonna find? What are they gonna find about this guy? Not that, not that necessarily they're gonna find something. He's that... the Teflon Don. <laughs> By the way, um, Trump, if you're listening out there, and I know you are, he is big fan. Ron DeSantis's middle name is Dion. Do something with that. Is that Dion with an E or Dion with an I? I O N. So Ronnie D is not just Ron DeSantis. It's Ronald Dion DeSantis. Do something with that. Ronnie bitch boots. (laughs) Dangerous Dion. (laughs) Depressing Dion. Dummy Dion. Dummy Dion. That's what they call him in Florida. They only vote for him (laughs) because I told him to. Dummy Dion thinks he could take me on. Dumbbell Don. He's fully put the gauntlet on, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, he already threw it down. He's like, he's he's fully, and I knew he was, because he he couldn't help himself. He can't help himself. He's an egomaniac of another, you know, of the same He can't stand that even, like, DeSantis has just had a good night. Like, can't. Oh, no, no. Fuck him. I mean, I'm talking about DeSantis can't handle himself. Either. Oh, really? Yeah, DeSantis was like trying to play the high road, but he still put out a press statement that was like passive aggressive about it. He's... And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be. Gonna, Ronnie I'm going to call out. The girls are fighting. The yeah, girls gonna... are fighting. It's going to be like one of these like <laughs> slap fights. Like, <laughs> I'm going to call my shot here. 
Okay. I'm going to fucking Babe Ruth this shit. Bronte's not making it to 2023 mm. as a, pl- a presidential candidate. Ron DeSantis is going to announce a presidential campaign and he's going to flounder badly. Yep. Badly. Yep. Because he's running from a position of like having to defend himself instead of he's being, he's going to uh, Kamala Harris it, dude. And he, like you won't even he won't even be on the fucking ballots. Ted Cruz will be fucking like ripping him to shreds. How funny would it be if if ultimately Trump and DeSantis just destroy each other so badly everyone's like I'm voting for fucking Rubio. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> no! we, get, we get we get little Marco. As the 2024 nominee, Little Marco. I'm I'm calling it now. Ready? I'm my dark horse for uh, the Republican uh, national candidate. Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we have the passion as Republicans to uh, more assault weapons out there. <laughs> He's gonna be staying on a fucking table. I have been saying this for a very long time. <laughs> Capitalism is cool again because I have a skateboard. <laughs> Herschel Walker will like be. This? <laughs> I'm waiting for Herschel Walker to be the next Republican national candidate for president. Oh God. I'm calling that one. So I I was thinking this very much the same way, and I think Gatto, you said this as well. Like he's gonna run to the full ex- fullest extent. And he's going to run as a third party candidate for the Patriot Party or whatever, the American Patriot Party, or whatever the fuck it's called. God, that'd be funny. Um, that I'm pretty sure that's just like a membership status at Mar-a-Lago that they I... turn into a political party. But I think this is how it's going to go down. If you let me run this train of thought, Trump's already announced. All the other clowns get in there too. And you got all the, the, the normal, the normies that are in there too, like the Nikki Haley's of the world. Ted Cruz says, I never thought I would run for president twice and lose. Let's do it a third time. Um, and Can't then you're going to, you know who else is going to be in there too? Chris Christie, because he got, about to say he got a little taste. He got a little taste of fame <laughs> and now he's going to do it again. There's going to be other ones in there too. Like Asia, Hus- Asa Hutchinson from Arkansas. Loser. Big time loser. Um, Asshole Asa. That's what I call him. And there's going to be some other randos in there too. I wouldn't be surprised if like, James Langford from Oklahoma does it too because you know Tom who Tom wants Tom. who wants average when you can have bland. Who's um, going to be the new business guy that decides politics is what what I want to do now? There's got to be one. There's going to be one. They're going to be like I saw what Trump did, and I'm going to try to do the Trump thing, but they're going to have absolutely zero charisma. What happened to fucking Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, Dan Crenshaw? Oh, he's in his bomb shelter right now. Cause... I, 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 he was like a rising figure in in that movement. Like he, I haven't heard fucking boo from him in a while. I think he realized that Pizzagate was actually fake, and now he doesn't know what to talk about. So he just talks about like oodles and noodles and shit like that. Does but Alex Jones have a felony on him? He might. No. Um, so regardless of whoever that other candidate is, this is what's going to happen. That. There's going to be another Republican candidate for a president. Biden's going to run again. Trump and whoever, let's just call it Ted Cruz. Let's just call it what we see. Um, Trump and Cruz are going to fight each other. The problem is, though, it's going to be very similar to what's happening now, where Trump 
gets all of the donations and nobody donates to the Republican National Committee right now. And it suffocates Ted Cruz and all of the other all of the other Republicans down ballot as well. And Trump's going to have his goobs. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boeber, all of the goons out there, they're going to be in the American Patriot Party. Madison Cawthorn is going to run for like Emperor of Jupiter or some shit like that. Um, And ultimately what's going to happen is these two are going to punch each other out. Joe Biden may win again Mm -hmm. because in some cases people just want sanity. Mm -hmm. Everyone hates Ted Cruz. Nobody wants Trump to run again. Everybody hates Ted Cruz. It It's going to be nauseating <laughs> how much third party talk we hear in the coming year. I think you're going to you're going to hear the wind up for it. It's going to be like, we need to go third party. Third party is is the real way to fix America. And it's going to become the new populism trend. And that's where Trump's vain because he knows he's not going to get the Republicans all behind him. He's he's going to jump right into that third party talk. And there's going to be. It's probably going to be about half half of the right will will run to his side. Maybe more. He might do better than Republicans. I can't no. wait to turn on Fox News when I'm at the gym and see them fucking loser Will Kane at some <laughs> Arizona diner at like 2 a.m. their time interviewing people about who they voted for. And it's all people who are just like caffeined up sitting in a diner waiting to get on Fox News. Like meth heads, like... Yeah, popping no dose. Everyone's just waiting for like the pain clinic to open across the street, and they're just like, "Hey, man." Tom, I thought ex- like super similarly to what you thought about what's going to come, and I kind of love it. I'm excited for it because, like, that scenario just makes so much more sense than any other scenario I've run through in my head. 2022, the midterm elections is effectively like the breadcrumbs for what's going to happen in 24 because Mm -hmm. Trump made a shit ton of money from 2020 to now and gave out like a little taste of it. He gave out like he had like a hundred million dollars in his war chest. He gave out like 15 million of it. Yeah. And And, to like, you know, who it went to races. Yeah. To the, and to the point where Rick Scott, who was the guy who managed the um, Skeletor. The, the RNSC budget for like senatorial candidates for he, he fucking blew everything. Why would you put a guy who got sued for fraud in charge of your money? They have no uh, money. They had no money left. How could he? How could he say anything to Rick Scott about fraud and stealing money? Like he's not one to talk. <laughs> These people are fucking crazy. And the thing yeah. is too, is like, yeah, the, I think this is something I wanted to mention earlier. Like this is also the problem that the GOP is going to have right now when it comes to like, these Hunter Biden investigations and also governing as well. They've effectively kicked all of the moderates out of the Republican party at this point, like they don't have jobs anymore. They're serving, they're working as like the hostess or the host at the red lobster up the street. It's full on fucking QAnon. Stop the steal people who are in the, the party now, unless 
there's like one or two hangers on. It was it was the ultimate reality of what was happening, though, right? You had because again, I don't think I don't think that the reason the midterms were so like they did so poorly too was one of the things that they just have people that are there for like the the populism, right? They're there for they're there to vote for the president. They don't care about these other things. That's not the thing that gets them going they don't really understand politics in a lot of ways and so for them you know like this midterm stuff is is you know small potatoes right and uh small potatoes and i think potatoes and and but like i think that like you know they they hitched themselves they realized how unpopular the right was actually getting and they found a way to charge it, but they had to tie themselves to a stick of dynamite to get that to happen. And now that shit's going to blow up in their face and they're going to, they're going to lose a, an election cycle or two, maybe a couple. It I, could I, be, you know, I think they realize that Trump is the guy who gets a large faction of non-voters out to vote and that they ultimately kind of need him um, because I don't look, listen, I don't think Ron DeSantis is going to turn out the vote in South, you know, in, in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania for he's perfect for Florida. He's their brand of batshit. And, and let's be real, man, like Minnesota state house Democrat. Now, uh, Michigan, the Senate's going to be, is going to be full Democrat, Pennsylvania, the same thing. They're going to have two fucking democratic senators. And a Democratic governor who won by fucking what 14, 15 points, uh, Shapiro. Yeah. Wisconsin barely eked out a Republican. And like it's the they they didn't win the House, the the Senate there, but they did stop a supermajority from happening. So that Rust Belt, like they again, the attorney generals, all the Democrats won. All the attorney generals, Democrats won. And then like also Arizona, like most of the Democrats won out there. Land is starting to like get real tight for them because they were really banking on keeping the Rust Belt competitive. They can't win because all the Democrats have to do right are win their states, which is, you know, New York, Massachusetts, etc., California. And then they need to win Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Colorado and Mexico. It's game over. You can't win that. You can't. The Republicans can't win unless they start shaving some of that off. Now, Nevada is competitive, but it's only six electoral votes. And now North Carolina is becoming more battleground for the Democrats. The south in, in some areas, yeah. Would you you're you're you live in North Carolina, so you are more like you can tell more of the local politics. There does seem to be a bit of a shift going on, right? It's a tricky situation because the last two senatorial candidates that the Democrats have run have not done well. Cal Cunningham was supposed to be the guy to go after Tom Tillis. Tom come to find out that uh, Cal Cunningham liked other people's wives and not his own. Um, and Sherry Beasley never really <laughs> energized anybody. She's a you know former judge and she's got all of the trappings that would really work, but she's she was just, a good candidate. She just didn't generate enough interest from people that lived in like rural areas. Like she got Charlotte and Raleigh locked down, but where the money is made at this point are the other parts of the state. Um, 
I mean, Roy Cooper has done very well as governor, um, yeah. brought a lot of industry into the state and honestly hasn't done anything to really fuck things up. And in a state that's kind of growing and booming and there's a lot of tech here, there's a lot of business. A lot of transplants. You don't really want somebody who's going to come in and fuck things up. Yeah. Unlike the guy who was there before him and pissed off a lot of people. North, By the way, North Carolina, 15 electoral votes. So that that is another one in which if Democrats start like bleeding away, away there and like we get more tra- you know transplants going there it's going to become almost impossible for them to win mm-hmm. and and i i think that is like you know the transient migration of uh opportunity in america has been moving south for a couple years now um i think i think that that there's a good possibility of that for sure well um, you look at the two states north carolina and georgia have yeah. become more and more blue. But we also know people who grew up where we grew up who have moved to both places. Like a lot yeah. of the people that got you and I went to college with, a lot of them live in North Carolina now. I know a number of people that now live in Atlanta and other parts of Georgia where, you know, 15 years ago, it wasn't really a place you wanted to live. Now it's kind of grown and blown up and it's trendy to live there now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you don't have to worry about six feet of snow. <laughs> and you know what? That's a big driver for people to move. Like everybody who I worked with in my former jobs, a handful of them were actually from state, but most of them were from like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania. They all moved because they, they heard the weather was better. And again, they wanted to live someplace different. And it's crazy because like we talked about pricing before, because like I have a friend that's looking to buy like a condo or a co-op right now. And the pricing is like way above market value here in Long Island. And it's like, it's just insane. Like a no amenity, like one bedroom, two bedrooms at most. And it's like $160,000, $170,000 in a okay location. It's not like you're living in like, a main hub area like Patchog or near a train station or near the highway where there's like, it's easy to like access things. Like you're talking about like Rocky point, which is like way out East and all that. It's just way like takes you like, 30 minutes just to get to the, the LIE. Yeah. He put it's in an off, he put in an offer in a place and like, it was like, I think he put in like, he's like trying to skate like a little bit underneath the, the market, like with actually the offer. And like, no, we, we just got something 30,000 over, the, the like like it clearly was a couple people who were like fighting over it and it went all the way like 30 grand over the asking price it's and insane. and that's not even talking about like what the prices on utilities and the taxes and all of that in yeah, school tax it's, it's yeah it's crazy. just internet alone like 300 you know in cable internet 300 water electricity fucking property taxes it's the, just the, in, uh Water across Long Island, I believe, just went up like another twelve percent or something. Fucking which insane. ultimately water is one of the cheapest utilities you got, but like right. th- that's saying something when water is going up by that much in one year or something. Um, I, I gotta check those figures one more time. I'm not sure if that was more or less, but uh it was somewhere I know it, it did increase significantly. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's not different down here either. Like oh. when we were looking for houses, there were a ton of people who were like mid fifties in their sixties. They're all from 
you know, the Northeast, they're coming down to North Carolina because their kids have moved out and they have all that fresh, like money from their house up there. And they're okay spending like $40,000 over asking who cares if this house doesn't make the inspection code and shit like that. They're okay. Just to front the money in that regard. Like we would, we would put in like a, a bid on a house for like $5,000 over asking. And somebody would go over like 55 grand. And, like, what the fuck are you doing? And that's the funny thing is they really, really should be worried about that extra 50 grand that they're throwing. Because I think a lot of people, and and again, this goes back to that you can't really make dick off of fucking the traditional investment routes anymore. The home is become the like number one way of raising your wealth or garnering your value, um, your self value, and I think people are might be going a little too crazy with that in some some respects when they're going that much over the price to get that house. Because when when the market corrects itself, because again, like we're saying, this is another in, this is another marketplace with irrational actors that are making decisions based on beliefs. When that happens, you can see a significant drop off in value. And for someone who pays at the asking price on a house, they probably won't be so bad off. But someone who tried to pay fifty might be looking at now eating like a hundred grand in loss of revenue, you know, on that, on that house purchase, especially if they're older, right? If you're older and you might have only like 20, 30 years left, you know what I mean? Like, well, Oh 20, yeah. And more like, you know, 10 to 20 years left. 20 oh yeah. You're, you're, you're doing fine. I was, um, I was monitoring the value of my home and it was going up. It went up significantly in the years since we bought it. Now it's starting <laughs> to plateau and starting to dip back down because it's the interest rates and people are like, Oh, mm -hmm. housing prices are going down. It's like, right. But your money is worth so much less now. Yep. And you know, I think there's always just some belief like, Oh, the prices are going to go down. It's going to be okay. Again, it's like housing prices never go down. They never, they have only gone down once and it was because of the 2008 housing crisis. What we're seeing with all these people that are spending like $60,000 over asking it's because there's no, like the, the cupboard is pretty barren right now in the sense that there's not nearly as many houses as there should be. And people are just willing to pay whatever they can to get in. And Gatto, you're right. Like the best way to be able to buy a home is already be a homeowner and yeah. selling your first house to get a second one. Cause it's all about equity. It's all about like what collateral you can put up. And ultimately like a loan officer knows like if this person has made all of their mortgage payments on time for like 12 years, we're cool giving this person like a seven or $800,000 loan to buy another house. Keep in mind, Loan agencies still have not learned a fucking thing because they're still more than willing to give you a $500,000 loan, even if they know it is way outside of your budget. Well, they know that if you can't make the payment, they get the house and they get to keep all the money you did pay. So win-win mm -hmm. for them in some ways. Uh, the the upkeep the problem the problem that happened with the housing market in 2008 was that there was a bunch of these houses that they now own that they couldn't do anything with and it was just costing them to on taxes to keep to keep them right better and off that, burning it to the ground at at a certain point yeah right yeah. <laughs> the fire sales there yeah. yeah they actually said it would have been cheaper to just give like 
to to rent them out to like low income families because at least then the money could have been coming in in some positive net. Does anybody know? Are there more houses than like? I feel like there are enough houses to like house every single person in the country. I feel like there are. I, I'm not. I don't have any this numbers. probably shouldn't be an issue in America, but it is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But but nobody wants like nobody wants affordable housing near them. Because like, not, not in my fucking neighborhood. Kill my kill my fucking you know my kill resale my prices. Yeah, and it's like exactly my market we, prices. All this is just like compounding problems on top of each other and it's it's funny man because again i don't know if i've ever told you guys i used to live in uh in europe what and uh yeah yeah yeah. i I don't know if you've ever heard that never heard Um, of my day in my life so i i used to live there and like over there they've always said they they love that neighborhoods uh apartments Everyone comes from mixed incomes and different backgrounds and stuff like that. And it actually makes sense because if that's your system, it will never affect the price values ever. And I'll tell you what, the price values in Amsterdam, especially in the center of that city, were over the top. And people did exactly the still the same behavior because like the government does have systems to help people that make lower incomes so that they can live in areas that they desire but it also then becomes a non-issue for yep. the value of your house yep you do if that becomes the norm it's no longer an issue if ultimately that, they're supplementing what... them yeah it's it's <laughs> it, again it's easy but like it's not because of the people that who run this country are ultimately like they are they are like handcuffed to the powers that be and like it, it's just never going to change as far as they haven't it's invested, gonna, it will collapse on itself before it changes before they fix it and like make modest changes to fix it they'd rather it collapse yeah oh yeah there are in total 140 house homes in the united states mm-hmm. 16 million of them are vacant the estimated total of homeless people in the us is like over half a million Bruh. Elon Musk could have spent that forty-four billion on fucking ending homelessness in this country. I mean, he would have been a god. That. We, we would talk have about that it... all the time. I would have. We would have made him hero of the year and yeah, like, call it a day. Yeah, people but, would throw yeah. him on his shoulder and march him around in the streets. Like, know? I mean, like you, there are abandoned like lots and shit that the government could buy up and like build like a structure, you know, and allow people to live like you know for. But the problem is, this country instead of looking at the people that are like just stealing everything like the one percent of this country they'll look at that and say why are they getting special privileges because i'm barely scraping by instead of actually asking for better they'll just shit on the people and and that's what what inherently happened i think what inherently that fear is though is not so much just because i'm scraping by it's that that there's the fear of them becoming the new of uh, well yeah no the it's the fe- yeah exactly it's like the fear that you're you're going to slip at any moment yep. and be yeah and status be a, a below yeah below that rung like you're doing all this work to keep that head above the water man yeah. and when you see someone else jump in the pool the water level rises just a little bit more right so fucking and, stupid and fu- and true it's just it's it's an irrational fear no one's there to take away from from you. You know what I mean. We live in a country of uh, 
embarrassed temporary millionaires like you know people think that they're just they're so close to just breaking through and becoming millionaires it's that's why nobody wants cultural, to pay taxes yeah do you think it's a cultural thing like do you think like uh, it's an american it's a uniquely american but thing. do you think it's generationally cultural like like i don't know if the younger generation looks at worth the same way older generation does i don't think and we're i don't gonna, think our generation looks like it at it as either group looks at it either no i i think i think our our general like our generation and gen z look at it and say why are we this way like why can't like i i because like they, they know they're going to college they're going to be full student loans and like making thirty thousand dollars at an entry-level job and they're like this is fucking stupid like, why am I doing this? That's why all of them want to become influencers. Because why go to college and, like, I can go on YouTube and make fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars a year if I end up getting hot, you know? And it's... it. it... The problem Everyone, is, though, the problem no is... Work. No one wants to work anymore. <laughs> but the, no one wants the, to work anymore. The yeah, issue was... Me neither. The issue is it was so easy to be able to buy all of the things 45, 50 years ago that we struggled to do today. Buying a car now is so much more expensive and such a more a longer term commitment. Buying a home is significantly more expensive. I mean, you could get away with like you could work in a fucking air conditioning factory for 45 years and have like a three store, three apart, three room house and have a have a boat and all this shit. Like now you're making $115,000 a year and you're still living in a two bedroom apartment with your friend. Yep. It's just things are have not moved for our generation. So we are less insistent on buying into like you know, so, this is so a place you can be a millionaire. This is like the American dream is a real thing. Like it was a real thing for like the greatest generation, it was a real thing for the baby boomers, not necessarily for us, but I'd also push back because I don't know if we necessarily like run in the circles of people who think that they're going to be millionaires, but there is a large contingency of people out there who are ironically all like Elon Musk fans who think like they are, you know, they are one promotion away from being able to buy the Lexus and have like that apartment on the hundredth floor of some swanky in New York city apartment complex. Like there is like people who are that fucking bought in. Oh, oh you mean people with ambition? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm fucking around. Um, <laughs> or am I get more ambitious? Um, no, 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 you're right though, Tom. I, I think, um, you know, but that's where, that's also where I say is hustle culture, a symptom of a condition. Right. Yes. Is, is hustle culture a symptom of feeling hopeless? Right. It, it a lot of that shadows that same feeling of faith. It almost feels like religious the way they talk about it or preach the belief in hustle culture is similar in that same state of like um, the way you have to like believe in this thing to make it happen. You must envision it. You must have these kind of like faith kind of brokered feelings or like have a belief system in which you look at things in an optimistic light. Cause it's, it's kind of just like a pacifying thought for people that are in fear or struggling or want to reach that next crust. Right. 
Like I think a lot of that hustle culture, it's the it's a veneer of a deeper symptom of a fear that they have. I agree with you, and I think the problem with hustle culture is it 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 turns into like a get rich quick scheme very very fast, where if you want to like start your own business or be an entrepreneur or like do something that you think is going to be able to make you money, it's going to cost a lot to stand it up to start it. And a lot of people like start these ventures and think like, I'm going to make money off of this. And they get way ahead of themselves. We're like, you know, they're two blog posts in and they're like, why is nobody subscribed yet? Like it takes a long time to get any kind of interest and we should fucking know. But (laughs) I mean, you have all these people who are in, who are, trying to become influencers, but they're just copying what's already being done. And again, like I think hustle culture, there is some like offsetting. There are people that are trying to like get ahead in life. And there's also the people who are like, I'm going to be a millionaire because I am this good at what I do. And it's like, no, nah, man, you're just a fucking narcissist who thinks that you're that good. <laughs> but you know, you try to make jokes to your friends and nobody laughs. Like that should be a pretty good indication that you should not go on to TikTok and try to make people laugh. Yeah. I, I gave up the comedy career when I realized I couldn't make anyone laugh. You make like, me laugh. Like right now. <laughs> um, yeah. The temporary millionaire syndrome of America. It's uh it's a, I, like, I think I think it's a Reagan thing, honestly. Is it? But isn't being a millionaire at this point just like a security blanket? It's like being a millionaire means like you're immune to somewhat most like things that could occur to you. It's it's the fact that like life could happen at any moment and the consequences would minorly disrupt your life. Being a millionaire, you know. Well, I, I I played that game when we, we the Powerball was like that ungodly fucking number, um, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, how much like how much money would I need <laughs> to be able to just like re- number one retire immediately? Like, I don't have to ever work again. I can live pretty like uh, comfortably and like do whatever I want, travel, buy houses, and like n- and not be worried at all about losing it all. Like how much would you need? And it's like it's a large number. Mm-hmm. It's not like oh, like ten million. Ten million, like you could you can retire, but like you have to be smart and like I'm not smart enough. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> ten million dollars. I'm not smart enough. No, I would. I would. I would be broke probably within like twenty years. Yeah, I, I, I think I could. I think I could last a while, but like it's just you. It's too much money. I, I, I I look at anything like and that's why like I think when we did have this conversation you were like that's ridiculous because it was like yeah if I don't come out with like a hundred million after taxes like I'm gonna be back looking for work real soon like I know I would you know what I mean I like, mean fucking Mike Tyson I'm, I'm blew 120 million I mean like in like a couple years it's so easy yeah I mean you look like I'm not saying if someone's out there and they want to test us out, I'm all for give me 10 million. We'll test out how long I can live off of it. Yep. Um, but like the reality is if I won that, like that amount, I would probably keep my job 
I would put away six million of it just for retirement, and I yep. would probably retire a little early. You would have but, to uh, like be smart enough to be able to like literally have a separate account where it's like this is literally not going to be touched money until I yeah. hit sixty years old, whatever. Well, let's say like think about it. You buy a house for you know like you 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 get ten million dollars. You're going to buy somewhat of a nice house. Let's just say half a million, right? Yeah. Easy. Now taxes yep. on that annually, right? You're gonna you're gonna be paying that. That's gonna over over your lifetime. That's probably gonna be a million dollars right there. Very easily. All your other bills, right? You're obviously gonna upgrade your vehicles, right? Those are all gonna cost. It it, it eventually you would run out of that ten million before you reached your deathbed. Easily, easily. easily. Yeah, like a hundred million feels like that would be the number that where you like. I, you can go fucking pretty buck wild mm-hmm. and like not like not worry about like bl- like being like and, 60 years old and like destitute. And that's the funny thing is we're saying that now, but I bet if we met somebody with a hundred million dollars, they'd be like, you blow through that real fast. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck you're doing with it. <laughs> yeah. Because now you're on again, another level and you're going to be dealing with a whole new world of costs and problems and yep there's going to be fucking people that are going to be trying to leach you dry every every way you know i mean you unless know. you invest in crypto yes ftx baby to the moon thanks matt damon <laughs> oh tom brady steph curry who else was in that lawsuit shaquille o'neal no really I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought I thought he told them no, which is like a good sign because it's like Shaq's a whore for advertising. So, is Larry David? Larry David. Oh yeah, Larry David. That's yep. who it was then. Yep. Larry David. It feels you, wait, like hold on, hold on. Bad. You got Larry David and Shaquille O'Neal mixed up. That's a no. I was reading something on here. And Larry David did the I Super thought, Bowl commercial. He I did. Mean, Fucking like Shaquille O'Neal does the general commercials, the general insurance. If he says no to like a advertising, like it's a bad sign. He does knows, anyone like, have anything fun. other than Geico at this point? I have Allstate. Oh, how how are their rates? Not like about, about <laughs> getting same. getting drained for nothing, but like that's that's Bro, the nature insurance of insurance company. It's an insurance company, and they, they all do the same shit. They say, "Pay me a lot of money so that if you ever get into an accident, like we'll 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 fund you." And then they go like, <laughs> "Oh, you got into an accident? That's too fucking bad. We dropped you." And it's like that's you know that's insurance companies, but um, for the most part fine they're like they're... health insurance companies wow it's stupid fucking shit i i hate insurance and home insurance companies and life insurance companies and insurance you get on on your mobile devices and, and your laptops and electronics <laughs> i bought a laptop at best buy and they were like do you want the geek squad protection and i'm like All right, how much is it and they're like uh years 130 dollars i'm like i want to be like fuck you yeah. what because that laptop will end up being outdated after three years, anyhow. Yeah, fucking. So, like, I can bring it there, and you'd be like, "I, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll I, just give, <laughs> give you a new one. Like, on. I always love when they ask that question because I stop for a second, pause, like I listen to what they had to say, mm -hmm. and then I go, I am Geek Squad, and then I fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Geek Squad. It's like, I for you just asking me that, I hacked you just now. Yeah, <laughs> see, hold on, hacked. <laughs> <laughs> I set up a kill switch, and this whole place is going down. <laughs> Um, turns out Shaq was involved in FTX. Jesus. No. Nope. Um, and he's got the money. The whole squad being sued for $47 billion in a deception scheme. Oof. Damn, Sam. Look what you did. Tom Brady, man, having the worst year possible. For him. It would still be the best year for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's fucking true. <laughs> he's still like yeah i'm fucking handsome and i like i'm a multi-millionaire and like that's not gonna change and like oh i have seven fucking rings even if he loses all of his money tomorrow what is his salary with the tampa bay bucks uh cool million five two million point one two million so yeah. he might fall into that criteria that you two were talking about where he'll probably go through it yeah, but you adjust. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he will find a, you know, some obscure seed to like eat for the rest of his life and <laughs> sell. And before you know it, he'll be back to being a billionaire. It's, it's an offshoot of the pecan. <laughs> he would he would just go full like um like he'd be he'd like make like a Russell Brand type move where it's like i'm just really into yoga and fitness and then like I, i'm a nazi now yeah <laughs> like <laughs> just so i'm a holocaust an hour <laughs> yeah like great. it would just go like he you know he would just go full like maga and like he would just he would he, he's a smart guy he knows what he's doing or he'd be playing quarterback till he's like 70 like yeah he'll be <laughs> in the he'll be in the xfl and they have like special rules for him where no one can touch him <laughs> breathe on him and he breaks a hip Oof. Oh, football. Do we want to have your uh, moment of therapy today or do you want to move on? I'm going to keep it very short. Uh, today, today <laughs> moment of therapy. <laughs> today was embarrassing. Um, the One of the most embarrassing games in recent years. Um, and that's saying a lot. Uh, one of the first games where I was like, I'm fucking perplexed and what. Uh, this team was thinking you're going against a pretty shit team and you just get trounced and, and look, I can deal with losses. I'm used to it. And I, if they had just lost the game, I'd be fine. But Wanda Robinson probably out for the year after having a hundred yard game. Mm -hmm. um, but listen, Brian Dable, I understand you go back to the Seattle game. Richie James cost his team the game with those fumbles. It was, it was crucial fumbles. It was a tight game, and it was a game that they wanted to win. He puts a Dory Jackson at punt returner, a position in which you're going to get hurt pretty easily because of, of just how it is, right? You're just standing there like stationary, catching a ball while guys are running full speed at you. Dory Jackson, one of the most important players on this defense, and I was like cringing last week because I'm like, why is he back there? You're gonna get him hurt, knee injury this year. This this on a fucking punt on a punt return, not in the, like if he gets hurt playing corner, nature of the game, right? But getting hurt in in the punt return, it's just 
fucking mind boggling. I don't get it. And, you know, they just, this is the first time this year where I'm like, oh, this team is bad. Like, we've been smoking mirrors um, most of the year, winning by very tight margins, well coached. This was a very badly coached game and losing those players. And now we're on a short week. We're going to go to Dallas on Thursday and Thanksgiving. And we're going to, and by the way, Dallas just turned Minnesota into dust today. Yeah. They dust. They didn't even regard their feelings as they like, did. With Minnesota them. didn't even fucking get off. They didn't even show up to the fucking stadium today. Yeah. So this is going to be a probably, I'm going to guess, the like 38-13 to 13 type game on Thursday. It's going to get ugly. Kirk Cousins, two fantasy points for me. Yeah. Yep. Burn. I will say they the, the Cowboys reminded everybody that the Vikings are actually not a good team. They just won a lot of really close games. Can, and I'm going to have to watch Odell Beckham go to the fucking Cowboys can, and help them win a Super Bowl. It's going to drive me insane. Can we all just remark that maybe like this entire season has hinged on the fact that like what really matters with these teams is the schedule. And the only thing that really matters is the schedule. Because <laughs> when I I just like I'm looking at like the teams that have these great records and I'm like, oh, like this is purely because you had the easiest schedule in the league, right? Like like te- in theory, technically, like if if Washington hadn't gotten shit together, like the Eagles would still be undefeated and I'm starting to think that that is mostly because of the ease of schedule. They've played a lot of bad teams. Almost yeah. lost to the Jeff Saturday run Colts today, too. They yeah. barely won this game. They squeaked um, by on that one, and that's I, saying. The, sad, the saddest thing, I think, is that Giants and Jets fans, Jets fans lost in the most crushing way possible. Um, literally restored right now. 10 seconds punt return. It's going to go to overtime. They take the punt return back 60 yards for a touchdown. It's mm-hmm. just embarrassing. Um, what I'll say is this two things. The Giants the Giants fans are being crushed by the weight of expectations, right? I think if we, if you had said, Hey, we're going to win seven games this year, I would be like, yeah, I'll fucking sign up for that immediately. And now we have seven wins and I'm fucking pissed at a loss. So it's a good thing that we are better than we expected it to be, but it's still frustrating because this team is not very good yet. I Secondly, don't know. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go I ahead, was, I was just going to say, I still – it boggles my mind. I don't know how they do it every year. They get us believing they are a better team than they are, and right at that moment, they flip the switch, man. <sighs> every year, I really started to believe they were a better team than they were. No, they're not. And sure as shit, they are exactly who – we thought they were, and they're probably going to be even more. It's probably going to be mo- even more painful to watch the rest of the season. Yeah, because it's not going to get any easier at this point um, because Dallas this week and like their their injuries are just becoming ridiculous and um, insurmountable. At secondly, point. I Kadarius Tony last week went off for the Chiefs. Um, he had a touchdown, a couple really really nice grabs. I want to know what happened here because. It seems a bit ridiculous that he's injured and then all of a sudden he's perfectly healthy for the Chiefs. Was this the Giants basically shelving him until they could trade him or was he fucking faking an injury? And if he was faking an injury, why? 
because like it just seems fucking weird to me. And yeah, Tom, you pointed out Giants lost six players today, including Adore Jackson, Wandell Robinson. Still don't have Evan Neal back. Still don't have Old Jolari back. Oh, and they also lost Fabian Moreau, their second corner. The two corners yep. that were playing very well, keeping this defense in, in line. Zero and depth. like, I mean, the fucking Hopefully line. Feliciano being the other one too. He, he stinks though. Nick Gates is better than him. So I, I'm not, it's not a huge loss, but like, it just, it just fucking mind numbing though. Like, it, and again, like running the ball on third and five, I'm just, I'm just, I'm watching them and I'm like, what, what is like, did Mike Kafka fucking get stoned before this game? And he's just like, like he's playing Madden. He's just calling the play on, I, I don't, I don't know what's going so, on. So like, and that's the other thing is like each week, They've uncharacteristically started second guessing what was what they were doing they're, that was good. They're getting in the first worse few weeks. Yeah, they're yeah, getting and, worse every single game. And and you see that we see glimmers of hope when Daniel Jones starts scrambling, running more, things start happening again. Um, but they 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 shy away from it. They they become very insistent on trying to get certain things going that and forcing certain things to go, but like. The reason you try to force something if you're a play caller a lot of times is because you're trying to set up another play that you know they won't be guarding against because they're anticipating that. They're not doing that. There was a third and five where they ran the ball, and I go, this feels like I'm watching a Joe Fudge team right now. You yeah. know, it's it's. I was like, you know that this isn't working. Why would you think it's going to work now? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a professional. And and Daniel Jones, I, who's had two interceptions in nine games, had two interceptions in this game, and like two ugly interceptions. He still didn't play terrible in the end, too. He didn't, but like it's it's still just like it's just frustrating, man. I will Top. say I okay. So a couple of things here. I want to say overarchingly, there is no sport where being hot at the right moment is more important than in the NFL, where you can backdoor your way into the playoffs. All you need is somebody else to get hurt on another team or another team to get upset before the playoff picture is back in you're back in play at this point. And ultimately I remember the last two Super Bowls that the giants played in, in one, one of them, they effectively backed into the playoffs, went on the road, won all their games and David Tyree, Syracuse University. Those teams were good, though. <laughs> Those teams were good, but not during the middle of the year, though. And Fair, they were they they had, they had a players. they had they had better players, yes. But I don't think anybody better players is also subjective to the moment. So in 2007, the Giants had a top three defense and a top five offensive line. They they dominated with running the ball and they were like sacking everybody. They had a defensive line that consisted of Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, Osu Minora, and um, Matthias Kiwanuka, who were just like destroying people. 2011, their defense was garbage. Their offensive line wasn't great, but they had Eli Manning playing an MVP type season, Hakeem Nix. Victor Cruz, all those guys. So, like, their offense was just so good that it just didn't matter. Well, you also had Joe Flacco, who was pretty average one year, throw 11 touchdowns and no interceptions in the playoffs as well. Like, what my point I'm trying to make is teams can play to the moment. And I will say 
one of the things that I've always seen about the Giants is they play down to their opponents quite a hundred, a hundred, and, it, and that and that goes from like from coaches to players. Yeah. Like it's been a thing for a very long time, but I think all you need is just there needs to be a little re- reorganization with how things are done. I don't think you need to have like coaching decisions or anything like that. It's just like go back to what was working, but. I think the concern that Dayball had, which was something that happened today in the Panthers-Ravens game, is that Lamar Jackson, for the first half of this game and into the third quarter, did not look good because he got no opportunity to run. And I think he's trying to be mindful of not having the entire offense run directly through Daniel Jones because Lamar did not look good trying to run, and he's – a world-class athlete. Daniel Jones can run, but he's no Lamar Jackson. And I think when teams start to start to anticipate that Daniel Jones is going to be scrambling more, they're going to dive into that and play it because they know that Daniel Jones is not going to beat teams with his arm. He's, and you're going to run into a lot of issues. And when the offense is focused on a guy who does one thing pretty well and the other thing spontaneously pretty marginal, that's where bad things happen. I if, think they wanted um, Saquon Barkley to have a better game. They they were they were they were like the the Lions had a good plan. We're not going to let him get an inch anywhere. We're just going to like load the box and like you're not running on us. And they capitalized on a bunch of Jones' mistakes. They sent really good blitzes. Like credit to Aaron Glenn, he called a perfect game on defense. Um, but yeah, no. And if anything, I'm glad. The only positive thing that probably happened out of this game is that maybe it'll quell the Daniel Jones is the franchise guy. Like it's it, Giants fans. I'm seeing like are like resign him now, give him forty million, and I'm like, people are insane. Like I, he's perfectly fine, but he's like Alex Smith fine. Like he can he can keep you yeah, and maybe lower tier than that. He can keep the the car going, but like he's not going to be a Mahomes who can like win you games. He's not ever going to win you a game. Now, granted, he did a nice job coming back, and then of course the kid Hodgins that they picked up from Buffalo fumbles on a nice drive and like completely kills it. They the line score and the game's over. So um, he did his best to fight it, but like I hope that this maybe like pulls back on some of this stuff and maybe like have some perspective that this team is really far away but again getting crushed by the weight of our own expectations right because no one expected us to be here and now this feels like a huge loss when it's like we're still gonna probably win like nine games in the season even if everything goes poorly with the rest of the season right like i can think they're gonna win two more games that gets them to nine wins and a winning season which is but it's like a second half collapse so that's the the down part of it if I'm a Giants fan, I am less stressed about getting Daniel Jones back on the team or finding another quarterback. I am more focused on just getting depth at every position because I feel like for a long time, the Giants have been, they have their starter. Yep. And then it's the guy who was working in the Amazon factory (laughs) before he got a phone call to say, Hey, do you want to catch some footballs for the Giants this year? Which is the Giants receiving core right now, which is makes Kadarius Tony playing well in Kansas City that much more annoying to me. Is that like could be helping us right now? And I I want answers. I want to know who like was it the Giants that were just fed up with him and like 
because he seems like he's a good soldier now. He's like saying all the right things. He's not missing practices now. And it's just like, I, I just don't, I, it's one of those things that just fucking baffles me. But I don't know. Yeah. More important, more importantly though, Tom, uh, I have, I have something that you need to hear. Can I, can I just mention one thing real yeah. quick? Can we just switch over to the jet game real quick? Oh God. And I don't oh. want to talk, I don't want to talk about how it ended. But, oh man. Um, it's hashtag sad for people in um, jet that, nation right now. Their loss was worse. My question though, Zach Wilson yeah, I heard is what he said. not well. I didn't hear anything about that. I'm just looking oh, at his stat line. He's bad. If you are Jets coaching staff, mm-hmm. do you keep going with Zach Wilson? Joe you Flacco was fucking good for this team. And if they want to go to the playoffs, you're gonna need Joe Flacco to do it because he, Mike White's the backup. Joe Flacco's third turn. I think Joe Flacco's done. I, I don't think really. He, I yeah, he's the third stringer right now. Mike White. Mike White, by the way, had some good games last year when Wilson got hurt. So yeah, I, he did. You'd be pulling the ripcord, and I mean, like, how bad do they feel not taking Justin Fields number two? Like, I mean, just this oh is, my god, this is what happens though when you get hyped up on a guy who plays on a team that's actually not in a conference, and they can be really choosy about who they get to play. Yeah. And BYU is not playing, you know, Alabama. They're not playing. Years. Yeah, they're playing Tulsa and Montana State. And they're beating think, up on garbage teams. Well, it, to be fair, though, it's a traits based scouting system now, right? Because like the, Josh Allen played at Wyoming and they were like, he wasn't playing anybody. He's playing North Dakota State and shit. Right. But like they looked at him and they're like, yeah, you can move really well. Your arm's fucking great. You, you know, you can make passes deep, uh, deep down the field. So it's like you apply that to you know if you, especially you get into a really good system right and brian dable was p- perfect for him so they looked at zach wilson being able to throw off platform throwing the run he doesn't he's not doing that now though nine looked, for 22 77 yards he he is constantly trying to move around the pocket and he just doesn't he's not decisive and like, I'm not saying if he was decisive, he'd be playing better, but at least like we would get a better idea of what he can do and what he can't do. And they're not making it easier on him too, because like, it's a lot of like five and seven step drops. And it's like, go to a quick game crossers, you know, bubble screens and shit, but he's missing on the screens too. I saw him like lob a pass, like way over the receiver's head. And it was like, a, it was a screen pass. So I think you have to, but he, uh, he had a really bad um, answer uh, in the post game, uh, one of the reporters that asked him, do you feel like you let your defense down? Now, when you're a quarterback, your job is to say, I let the team down, right? Like it's not, we it's, I, you take ownership. You are the leader of this fucking team. He said, no, Mm. that was it. Nothing else. No. Okay. Well, they wouldn't have had to punt if you didn't, if you didn't fucking, miss on those throws on that drive and then ultimately had the punt away for them to them with 10 seconds left. And then they go down and score. You would have at least been able to like, just let it go to overtime or something. So he, he did end up costing them this game. He reminds me a lot of Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. Big, big, the, the, the stage is too big for you. Like the, the vibes are like the stage is way too big. Yeah. So I don't know, but Tom, uh, more importantly, 
whatever um <laughs> the commanders who made i mean song? they beat the worst team in the nfl so like let's pump the brakes they did play very well <laughs> but this is beat the best team in the nfl too. but you beat the eagles last week and what is this, four straight or and taylor heineke getting um, emotional post game that was oh goody featuring lead. big 57 the commander song there you go check it out on youtube.com it's got 131k right now. Pump those numbers up. So a couple of things. Um, I am really happy to see that they won. Um, of course, this game was not played in my area. I got to watch the shit show that was the Ravens Panthers game. Um, that was fucking terrible to watch. That was an oof game. But all the same, you know, I think. They're, they made a really good decision because they were kicking around the idea of playing Carson Wentz this week. They were they were actively thinking about it, and they ultimately said, like, let's go with Heineke. We're winning games. They're 5-5 five and five, um, after going, like, 1-4 and four with Wentz running the show. And, I mean, that pick six was nice to see. Um, the amount of sacks that they had, the defense is starting to come on and play really well. Um, I was under the impression that Chase Young was supposed to be back this week, but he had a setback. So yeah. they, they're hoping soon. But the Heineke's what four and one as a starter, five and one as a starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's also the same guy that brought them to the playoffs two years ago. And I I wouldn't fuck around with putting Carson Wentz back in there. You're going to break up, like, again, no one should lose their job to injury. Yes, I agree. But at the end of the day, like, the, the numbers are what they are. And like, he's gotten he's gotten playmakers involved. Terry McLaurin is actually, like, a good fantasy option again. Logan Thomas is catching the ball. Um, and, I mean, they have a nice thing going with Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. Um, I, I don't think they should shake it up. I'm, this feels very much like how every kind of playoff run the commanders go through where they're fucking crap for the first mm-hmm. like seven or eight weeks of the season. Yep. And then they just start figuring shit out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think it would be a mistake to at this point to change shit. It just doesn't make sense. And honestly, if they play Carson Wentz, they're going to have to pay him more money too. So, which by the way is the reason why next week Carson Wentz will be starting. But why though? Because because it doesn't make sense. That's why. That's fair. Okay. Now I see. <laughs> now I understand the logic there. Um, but yeah, I I think they've invested a lot of money in Carson Wentz, and they're going to try and play him. They're going to try and make Carson Wentz happen, and they're going to kill the season because they're not that far behind. All they need to do is hang on. When maybe what? Three more games. They got two more games against the Giants. Well, this is going to be a competitive division. So they got two games against the Giants, though, coming up. And, you know, they're, I think they're one game behind. Uh, well, they got five wins now. Six. They're six and five right now. They're one game behind both the Cow uh, behind the Giants, at least. Um, so they, they could sneak their way into the playoffs. 
not a hot take. The original standings for this division end up being the final standings for this division with Giants at the end, um, Cowboys on top. <sighs> yeah, I the, it's it's hard to think that the Cowboys won't like kind Cowboy of Cowboy themselves. Be, well, well, I think they're going to be a team that's going to probably get real hot right now and they they're going to be that team like that horse in the race where it all of a sudden they get to the final track and it just starts like separating. But it doesn't mean that they won't Mike McCarthy themselves in the playoffs, which is Mike McCarthyism is pretty much just like a, another way of saying shitting your pants. So I never knew that because I, I just made it up. Oh, yeah. I was going to be... say, someone said they just Mike McCarthy themselves <laughs> and it did stink. And I was like, oh, that now makes sense because I didn't yeah. understand the reference. Yeah. I thought he was just watching stats in his basement for hours. <laughs> I love how he hustled that way into that job. Like, I'm what a dipping into analytics. Liar. What a liar. <laughs> I've been studying analytics for the last year, and they're like, "Oh, cool!" And then they're like, "They're like, he's like, oh, analytics for nerds." And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, Las Vegas won. Josh McDaniels' job is safe for now. Devonte Adams, fucking monster. Yeah, seven for one forty-one with two touchdowns. Game Everyone all right, well. I've seen better from him. Um, I'm just messing around. Russell Wilson. The numbers don't look bad, but there's just nothing to them. It's 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 uh it's Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Like remember when they used to call him Stat Padford? You yeah, know, it was like it's he's just padding his stats. So he's not taking over games. He's not like I mean, come on, like thirteen point. Like, they put up thirteen or sixteen. I mean, come on. If you can't like, they should be scoring thirty points again. I know they didn't have Jerry Judy today. I get it, but like, come on, man. It's just it's terrible. Against a team that fucking lost to the Colts last week, and you're only able to put up 16. One of the worst pass defenses in the league, by the way. This game was a pillow fight. Yeah, it, it, it was it was very boring from what I was seeing. So I was very happy to see Devontae Adams uh, just come up over the top. Go, com- go commandos. Assholes. Fuck them. Fuck them. Hope they lose. Um, I'll go first this week. So my asshole of the week is connected to this FTX fiasco. Um, And my asshole is going to be Steph Curry, Mm. who has been named in said lawsuit against FTX. And the reason why he is my asshole of the week is – he said some interesting things during that advertisement that he he made for FTX where he effectively said I'm not an expert in crypto and it's okay. Um, <laughs> the exact words were I'm not an expert and I don't need to be with FTX. I have everything I need to buy, sell and trade crypto safely. And I'm bothered by that there is just no accountability for the people who have bought in. I mean, we've talked about crypto on this show so many times outside of today where it bothered us how many advertisements were done during the Super Bowl and how many people are like, just do it. It's fine. It won't be a big deal. It's not a problem. And like people love Steph Curry so much that they're not even going to ask him about this. Like, dude, you fucking like – 
you got into a Ponzi scheme and you're not, no one's going to say anything. I don't know. It's just like, well, the, I'm not an expert thing bothers me the most. Like, dude, you should at least do some fucking due diligence about a company that you're going to just take money from. And that's why he's in that class action lawsuit because he took money from a place that was doing sketchy shit that apparently all the insiders knew was doing sketchy shit. He didn't ask any questions. He just took the money. And Steph, you're an asshole. Enjoy it. There's a parking space for you. Yeah. No, I, I, I was talking about them last week. And like, there has to be some accountability for when you hawk a product that's essentially gambling and don't say it's gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to call it gambling, if you want to say like, yeah, you're, you have a chance to lose your lose everything. Um, but again, you know, nothing beats the the big payday for these guys, especially like he's one of the richest basketball players out there. Like you don't need the fucking money at this point. It's just I, I don't get it, but I never will. It's Got easy money, you, man. You were going to say something, weren't you? No. Oh, OK. Cool. Right, f- fuck you then. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about it earlier, you know. Yeah. I mean, he he probably read read that from a script. Um, so yep. that that is he read it, it off the back of a one hundred dollar bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. so I'll, I'll go next. Um, so I'm gonna go with Carrie Lake. It's it's easy. I know. Oh, our I queen. Know. It's so easy, but I, I it's to a broader point that she's our my queen asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the queen has spoken huge fan of the show by the way long may she reign <laughs> um so carrie lake obviously has lost in arizona all right so we we all know that she doesn't seem to have gotten the fucking memo yet but what's i find interesting um in comparison to pretty much everything there's been a major shift since the 2020 election in that election denial has seemingly gone away for the most part. Doug Mastronati in uh, Pennsylvania basically said before the election, like, if I lose, it's rigged. And then all of a sudden, very politely concedes. Um, I mentioned J.R. Minuski last week. Um, he was another guy who was saying that. Blake Masters very initially was like, there's some funny business going on here. And then he conceded with very little fight. Yeah, he's She's- back on the uh, they must have cheated like track. Yeah, but he's already conceded, so it doesn't really matter at this point. He's just saying that to save face. But, like, Carrie Lake is refusing to concede, and I don't think she's ever going to. Now, it means nothing. She, you know, it's Katie Hobbs is going to be reinstated as, you know, he's going to become the new next governor. doesn't mean anything, but obviously it's the narrative that the Republican Party is uh, setting with. And I think in a large part because I think they see that it's a losing message. I don't think – I think Donald Trump uh, – cost them the uh the runoffs in georgia in 2020 and i think they i think overall the the party's been trying to shift away from this but god god bless carrie man our queen she is still going with it um and also not to mention that she used a tom petty song um, in her video on twitter which uh tom petty's estate is apparently considering action about this they're pretty pissed about it yeah, because I don't think Tom Petty uh, would align with her politically um, if he was still here. So I think they. Why they do they took... love that song so much? 
they they it's just funny. It's so, not even yeah. like a hard song either. It's Tom Petty's voice is very soothing. It's yeah, like yeah. light rocky. Yeah, it's got a very gentle like bass line to it. Exactly. <laughs> Why wouldn't you get something that had like some fucking punch to it? Like because they like can't thunder, get any thunder, rage thunderstruck or something songs. like yeah. yeah. <laughs> get something I with some ACDC fucking fire. Probably yeah, yeah, you know. It's just it's just funny that in a in a shifting tide in which most people are like, yeah, the voters don't like this. It's gonna hurt the party overall. So I'm gonna do the good thing and just be a fucking normal person and concede the race. She is doubling down on Stop the Steal, which is effectively dead at this point. So Carrie, congratulations. Great job. Keep it up. The thing is, though, is that all of these people who are Stop the Steal folks, they're not Republican Party people. They're Republicans because they needed to get into a party. Absolutely. So they have no there's no ramifications or repercussions for Blake Masters or Doug Mastriano or Carrie Lake saying that, you know, this is rigged. It's stolen because. But isn't that interesting, though, that a lot of those stop to steal people are conceding? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't find it because the like, truth is up. Yeah, the fact of the matter <laughs> is, not, is, facts have not mattered in the past, guys. <laughs> here's the reason yeah, why but... Carrie Lake lost. Are you all ready for this? No. She told everybody who voted for John McCain to not vote for her because <laughs> she didn't want their votes. She basically <laughs> called them pussies and said, "Fuck off." Keep in mind, John McCain is a fucking god in Arizona. And when you don't want their votes, all right, cool. We're going to go vote for Katie Hobbs or stay home. Yeah. The thing about Carrie Lake that's different than I think the other people that were in the same vein, like running were, was that she is, if there's ever been somebody who wanted to be a contrarian, she is like ultra contrarian, Mm -hmm. like everything but it's not like aware just, of it, not self-aware no. of it. No, no, no. no. She like there was like that that I think you brought it up when she had that interview or she was doing a rally and she was like, you know, you know what act actors and actresses I like? And she just started naming like all the uh canceled like act actors and actresses. And it was just like, yeah, because for her, she's can she's believes that like whatever society thinks. She wants to do the opposite, and that's what's going to win her the election. And she probably still believes if I keep saying it's it was uh, a fake election or it wasn't, you know, the results don't matter, then uh, maybe they won't. So she can it's it's her strategy. She could stick with it. Oh, I hope she does because it's only going to hurt the party overall. So yeah, it, it's funny when you mentioned you were mentioning like how. They had to jump on a party because they needed that for, for to win elections. And I was just thinking of like, what are the names of those fish that eat the eat the crap between the shark's teeth? Oh, like the, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't tell which one's like the Republican Party and which one's like all the uh, you know stop the Steelers. But <laughs> I think it's we a know symbiotic now. relationship that yeah, just, just sucks love. the blood from one place to the other. Basically, so, a leech, right? Yeah. 100%. So uh, I'm actually going to go with a hero of the day. Oh, nice. Nice you. little switch up. Yeah. And um, it uh, it comes off the heels of some tragedy. Uh, today, there or last night, there was a shooting at a 
club in Colorado Springs. Jesus Christ. Um, it was a LGBTQ club. Um, and uh, my hero of the week ends up being AOC because she got out there and called out um, recently reelected Lauren Boebert um, because Lauren Boebert put out that very generic, um, you know, this is our thoughts and prayers are with the people who lost their lives. Exactly. And AOC basically turned around and, quote, said, at Lauren Boebert, you have played a major role in elevating anti-LGBT plus hate rhetoric and anti-trans lies while spending your time in Congress blocking even the most common sense gun safety laws. You don't get to thoughts and prayers your way out of this. Look inward and change. I don't think I could say it any fucking better. No, I mean, I roasted. Roasted. Yeah, just totally Lauren Boebert is burnt toast on that one. And she's absolutely right. Because for whatever reason, despite like the numbers and everybody in America actually like not having issues with, you know, people's sexual orientation, there is still a group of of people who are trying to lead political political movements based on this rhetoric and it's fucking absurd man and i'm glad aoc can see sees right at that and you know fucking nailed her to her fu- fucking rhetorical cur- uh, cross and i'm glad someone fucking did it you know can i add another tweet that was um a reply to lauren boberts sure so Kevin Cruz, he's a professor at Princeton. He, I know Kevin. Yeah, I follow him. He, <laughs> I have to disagree with everyone here throwing past statements back at you and denouncing you as a cynical liar. Instead, I choose to believe you're just too fucking stupid to connect the dots between your evil words and those evil deeds. Nice. That's, Go that's run a that. really good. Yeah, yeah. That is good. I mean, all you got to do is look at Lauren Boebert's um, her Twitter account and it's basically the exact opposite of what her message is like it's very anti-LGBT it's very anti-trans it's very anti like acceptance and inclusiveness it's just like guns and you know church yeah and she's a fucking clown but appreciate AOC going out there and laying the one two hammer on her calling her out for her dissonance there yeah but it's interesting to see she even said what she said with the thoughts and prayers part which might be an indicator like we talked about last week where it was like oh maybe she'll change her ways a bit because it's clearly not fucking a fan favorite in her district right so if um if it happened in another state i don't think she says anything no definitely not but yeah that's, picks. Uh, Let's do some picks. picking. You want to go, Gato? Yeah, might as well. Um, mine, uh, mine is a comic series, um, cartoon series on Netflix called Inside Job. The second season just came out, and uh, shit's funny. It's, yeah, it's funny, man. It's if you like this podcast, and we know you do because you've now listened to two hours and ten minutes of it. Um, 
you would definitely like Inside Job. It's about a deep state organization that basically runs uh, the government in the world. And uh, they're all absolute maniacs. And it's funny. And they make lots of pop culture references, especially to things that we make pop culture references to and jokes. They might even be fans of the, the pod. So I don't know. I, I enjoy it. It's quick. It's easy. You can you can watch it all in like probably three hours. They're like twenty minutes each each episode. Um, fun times. Uh, I think Adam Scott actually joined the season. I uh, I didn't check the casting actually. It just sounded like his voice for a character. Um, <laughs> it's a funny show. I um, I honestly forgot about it. Um... It's one of those ones that you laugh at and have a good time, and then when the season's over, you you forget about it. But when it comes back, I'm like, oh, this is out again. Cool. Yeah, it's got Lizzie Kaplan too. She's like the main I character. I love Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah, so it's it's a good it's a good ensemble of kooky characters to play an even kookier storyline. So nice. I'll go next. Um, so. This is a movie that I thought was going to be really fucking shitty. Um, I initially seen the commercials, a movie called Smile. Uh, it's a horror movie that was uh, recently came out. Um, I saw the trailer for it, and I'm like, this movie looks fucking ridiculous. And it ended up actually being quite good. Um, it just actually hit on Paramount+. Plus, uh, So it's now very weird because like it literally hit theaters went through there and then like usually you have to buy it for a while and then it hits a, a streaming platform went straight to paramount plus so um and actually the lead actress is the daughter of kevin bacon i didn't realize that at first uh, she's actually quite good um so it was just it was one of those movies that i went in with i like very much low expectations and i was actually pleasantly surprised it was really really good so i still in the halloween mindset here guys so you're always in the Halloween mindset. That's right. Don't, don't you fucking forget it. <laughs> she was also in 13 Reasons Why, too. Yeah. Interesting. Sosie Bacon, I believe. So not the only person in the Bacon family making the bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing home the bacon. Yeah, she Bringing she was she was really good. I think actually one of the reasons the storyline is like, OK, this is like kind of like, all right. But um, I think her performance kind of elevated it because um, she really, really sold like the terror of it all. So give her a lot of credit. Nice. Um, I actually have two recommendations. One of these, um, I've watched both of these on my plane to and from my vacation spot. Um, the first one goes along with the conversation that we had here today um, about just how bullshit like stocks and financial stuff is with eat the rich. It's about the GameStop um, saga that happened a couple of years ago where there were hedge funders that were trying to short sell GameStop stock, but folks on Reddit and on the internet fought back against it. And they ended up taking down a hedge fund in general and crippling a number of other ones they were uh they were mortgaging uh against uh the fail again mortgaging the failure of gamestop correct yes um and the show the move 
the series does a very good job of explaining what a short sale is and how companies use it to basically fuck over these struggling corporations. Um, I don't have an affinity, an affinity towards GameStop, but I did find it interesting that they were trying to just screw over this company. But the whole situation is really fascinating because it talks a lot about how Robinhood was actually in cahoots with a lot of these hedge fund companies. Um, Robinhood is actually not making trades on your behalf. They're just kind of like a middleman that would move those trades into an actual trader. Um, but give it a li- give it a watch. It's on Netflix. The other show is called 1899. And if you're a fan of the show Dark on Netflix, it's the same production team, same studio. Really, really interesting show because it's in a number of different languages, but it takes place on a ocean liner at the turn of the 19th century into the 20th. And it's a very just weird vibe, but cool all the same. It's a fascinating show. I'm about halfway through it right now, but I already know it's going to be really interesting on how it ends. 1899, give it a watch. It's on Netflix. It's, it's very cool and very legal. I heard. Now, yes, Tom, you watched that on while you were traveling, right? Mm-hmm. But what did you watch while you were standing in line at the theater? Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised the assholes of the week weren't the uh, the airport that you flew. Out I of. do not want. Oh, I got to tell you guys this story. So we're at the they airport. Found your shoe bomb, didn't they? No, they made me take off my shoes and they made me take off my condoms too. <laughs> all of them? All even of your, them. Even your pee bag? You've been keeping that one on. You've been keeping that one on for six months now. It was a really great accomplishment. Yeah. So we're at the airport in um, Putacana on the way home. Flight gets delayed a little bit because they're looking for people who were supposed to be on this flight to Chicago, which was right before us. And they have people who work at American airlines wandering around the airport saying the flight to Chicago is leaving now for like 35 minutes. And all of a sudden one guy pops up. He's like, Oh, sorry. I didn't hear my name. And everyone starts clapping and laughing at him. (laughs) (laughs) That guy gets on the plane to Chicago plane to Chicago leaves. Then all of a sudden there's like four people that get up and run to the counter and be like, what happened to the plane to Chicago? And they're like, it left a while ago. And they're like, you never called our name. And I was listening to it. I was like, you are full of shit. <laughs> Were they just and fucking around? Or did no, they, they legitimately they legitimately did not hear people yelling, Chicago, Chicago, your plane is leaving. And they're like, we were sitting right there. No one ever came up to us. Like, no, you have to fucking pay attention. Taurus. No, that's on, that's on them. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. on them. So they got all hissy and pissy about it. And ultimately, this plane to Chicago that was missing them delayed our plane. So we were supposed to leave at like 4.30. We don't take off until like 5.36. And Dude. the whole time our plane is boarding, these people are bitching and moaning to the people at the counter at American, like <laughs> basically blaming them and telling them like, you have to find us a way to get home. You need it's to like, give us a free flight on, have, thing, on the week of Thanksgiving. By the you way. have yeah. to fucking pay attention though. Like, yeah. 
airports in different parts of the world don't operate like airports in the United States. I, I, I just, I'm sorry. I got to stop you for a second. I have never, not once I've traveled a lot, right? Like I, I told you guys, I used to live in Amsterdam. You have first to travel. Time, first to time I've ever first heard time this, you're by it. Way. Okay. So anyhow, I've traveled a lot and I have never actually even heard of such courtesy checks like that. Yeah, no, I've heard them hold, I've heard them hold flights because they knew that another plane got in late and people yep. were coming from across the airport. But yep. I've never heard them after giving it a five or ten minute call for, for boarding passengers that are missing. I've never heard them go to those types of lengths to get it, somebody. It's and usually it's a universal thing. It's usually yeah. usually, it's a universal thing. Like if you missed your plane, that's your fucking fault. It, like not my problem. You. Yeah. yeah. There are two giant fucking boards that have your plane's information on it. You also have an app on your phone and your ticket. You need to be able, like, and ultimately, like, some people don't operate like the way we do, and they really should because they're peasants if they don't. But, like, again, if you're in a busy airport with a lot going on, you have to pay attention. Like, you have to keep your eyes open and listening to what's going on in the loudspeaker. If your plane is moving, like, or if your gate has moved, like you have to pay attention. This is not the airport where you can just like sit down, put your noise canceling headphones on and close your eyes and like, wait, like yep. it, it's not how it works in some places. I, you know, I would actually extend that further to if everything ever in a, yeah, literally everything. If you're in a crowded public place, you shouldn't be tuning out the world around you. That's how you get hurt or you get lost or you get something because that's that's the reason you're not paying attention to shit. So like that extra $1500 you're going to be paying for that flight is on you, buddy. Yeah. 100 fucking percent. So watched Eat the Rich on the way to the Dominican, watched 1899 on the way home, and then we get to Customs, which was a shit show, and yeah. it seemed like everybody was trying to get into the country. And I know that you said, Q, like traveling during the Thanksgiving week is hard. A lot of these people were com just coming back on vacation, and it was one of the things that very fortunate to, like, this was our end destination, but there are people that were in Customs to go through that to dump their shit back on a conveyor belt to go through security again to get on another plane somewhere else. And I, this was the, the Charlotte airport. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's, that's a gamble and a half to make that your uh, connector, man. Well, I mean, Charlotte is a hub for American airlines, so it makes oh, sense okay. in that regard, but those fuck faces from Chicago screwed everybody over. Yeah. I mean, Dummies. I, I I wouldn't have thought to to use that as the hub, but like I guess yeah, it's an international airport, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, that's that's wild. Oh yeah, I will I will say Charlotte has gotten better since you all have been here. They are renovating the airport pretty extensively, but also I'm TSA pre-check, so I'm a one percenter now, so I don't have to wait in lines like you losers. Did. Why are Fucking you even talking to us, Lib? <laughs> you you don't have to ever even associate with us again. Problem is, Tom, everyone's doing that now, and the TS the pre-check line is going to get longer than the fucking regular lines at this point. Still, don't have to take my shoes off. 
Oh, God forbid. I like to take my shoes off. You and your fucking 300 hour loafers. You can't take your 300 hour loafers off. I get it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And I don't have to take my condoms off either. That's the more important part. All six of them. All six of them. You get to. I don't even know where to go with this. (laughs) All right. We're leaving. (laughs) Bye. You know where to find us. Yeah. Fuck you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, clowns. Oh, that is this week. Oh. (laughs) Gotta cut it. (laughs) Is that is that it? That's it. That's that's it. Why are you guys listening still? Stop listening. That's the end of this episode. This has been the Second Mass Podcast. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed our delightful conversations. You can follow us on all the social medias. We're there all the time. Um, And if you're not already, you're missing out. We got great memes. That's it. We're done. Why are you still listening? Stop it already. We love you guys. Go say hi to your parents. Happy holidays. Say hi to your mother for me. Okay, let's get me a rhythm! Follow me! We are, we are Walmart! And then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! <laughs> suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs>